Hey, what's going on everyone? This is Jeff from A Series of Horrors, and we are looking for sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring A Series of Horrors podcast, all you need to do is reach out to us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com, or you can always slide into our DMs at Series of Horrors podcast on Instagram. Thanks. Welcome to a series of horrors podcast. I'm Jackie from Canada. And I am Jeff from America. And today is a very momentous day. It's a day I have been waiting for for about five weeks now. <laughs> Wait, is it, you've been waiting for because of my update or because you just want to finish the series? Oh, because I've been wanting to finish the series. Okay. <laughs> so today we'll be finishing the Paranormal Activity franchise. Hopefully never to see any of these again. <laughs> Unless it's number three. <laughs> yeah, so I'll watch the third one again. And I might watch this one again. It wasn't terrible. But today, we are going to be talking about Paranormal Activity, the ghost dimension. Yeah, I would say second best movie in the franchise. Yes, that's not a high bar to jump, but really they not. cleared it. But they did. I'm proud of them. <laughs> Good job. This is the most moviest movie of the of the franchise? That it is. It is. You can tell that they had more of a budget for this one. Was this one in 3D? I think it was. I think I read that somewhere that this one was in 3D. Because at the end, when the ghost is reaching out for you, I'm like, this looks like 3D. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I also have notes on what that ghost looks like. But anyways, friends, I have a very exciting and momentous update for the podcast. Very big. Very big news. I first want to give a shout out to Cheyenne on Instagram, who sparked me to relook this up. Uh, Cheyenne has been catching up on our episodes and asked uh, if we ever figured out where the quote, where's my son, was also from other than Saw 2. I did some Googling. Ooh. It's from Blood Diamond. I never saw Blood Diamond, so that's not it for me. Oh, no. What? For me, it's from Blood Diamond. It's uh, when Solomon is speaking to his wife and he finds out that they took his son and then he's just like screaming and holding the fence. Where? Where's my son? Where's my son? You know, screw it. I'm going to say it was Ransom with um, Mel Gibson because they steal his son in that one and they want a ransom. And he probably says it there. There's that or the other one I found was in Big. The mom screams it. <laughs> yeah, no, in, my, in my mind, it was a guy screaming it. Yeah, it was a guy screaming it in my mind, too. And in my mind, like, I'm just like, I know that it was a black man, but I can't think of who it would be and i was like it was it denzel washington and something i don't know and then i figured it out it was blood diamond for me no we were told him because in my mind it was liam neeson i'm like it was liam neeson screaming this but that would be it wasn't taken because that was his daughter <laughs> yeah because it wasn't taken that was his daughter they took i don't know was it in love actually <laughs> Did he have a son? Yeah, he did. I don't think he went missing. He didn't. So he wouldn't, so he wouldn't have had that preoccupation. Maybe it was Darkman. He didn't have a son there, but still, maybe he yelled at it. That's just, where is she? Where is she? Oh, is Darkman a horror movie? I don't think so. It, it's, it's definitely not a horror movie. There are three of them, though. It is a franchise. So, like, in our, you know, spinoff random franchises that we have to cover, like The Karate Kid and uh, Harry Potter, maybe we can cover the Batman series. No, not Batman. Darkman. Specifically Dark... Darkman? What? Darkman. When it's Darkman. All right. Darkman is, is, is a movie. I think Sam Raimi might have directed this one in the 90s. Early 90s. 
It's about a scientist that is creating synthetic skin in a lab, mm. but his girlfriend slash wife, like the mob kills her be- or kills him because she has evidence over some kind of real estate problem. Like they're, they're bulldozing buildings for no reason. I can't remember what the details are, but he creates a synthetic skin and he figures out that it works well when there's no light on it. That's why he's dark man. But so they burn his hands and his eye and his face. They put like his face in acid and they burn up his hands. And so then he's in, the, he's in traction hospital. So he gets superpowers by the hospital treatment, but he, he's like the Hulk. He only gets really strong when he's really angry and he has very short temper. <laughs> So, but since he's a scientist making create the synthetic skin stuff, he makes mat. He's like Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible. He can make masks to look like anyone, and he also learns to mimic anyone's voice. So he goes around the movie and, and infiltrates the mob by pretending to be mob people to build his way up, and then hijinks ensue. And then he becomes a ninja master and teaches Batman. Eventually, yes, and then he I just needed that tie-in because I was I was confused, you know. But yeah, so we got to finish this franchise today, and I think we're both very happy about that. Thrilled! I'm overjoyed when I when I was watching this movie. I'm like, yeah, it's the last one. Dance, 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 because I just couldn't wait for this for this to be over. Except that, like, your torture continues where my pleasure begins. <laughs> <laughs> because i am oh. so excited for what we're gonna do next we'll let you know at the end of the episode but i'm thrilled yeah. jeff i don't think he's too thrilled i have an open mind it's <laughs> all i'll say my mind is open i give everything an even shot so i might i might enjoy it I, you know well, maybe it's possible actually to bridge gaps today i got to chat with and talk to enjoy a live stream with a character from this movie and a character from the next show that we are going to be watching Oh, there's some. Oh, I didn't know there was somebody from that show in the next yeah, show. Okay, exactly. So that was really exciting. So Olivia Dudley from this Paranormal Activity is also Alice from The Magicians, which is one of my favorite TV shows. And then, oh gosh, what's his name? Harvey something or other. Let me look up his name. Why are you saying that? This girl, um, Dudley, wasn't he? Olivia Dudley is Alice. She has a decent horror pedigree. Like she was in Chernobyl Diaries and she was in Vatican Tapes and she's in this. I only knew her as Alice when I came into this. So I think I've only seen her in The Magicians and this movie now. And then the other actor is Harvey Gullion. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he plays Benedict in The Magicians and he plays Guillermo in What We Do in the Shadows. I spoiled it. We're going to be doing the TV series What We Do in the Shadows next. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we're going into vampires now. Yes. So with the vampire franchise, we won't spoil what the vampire franchise is yet, no. but we are going to go vampires next. Yeah. won't be hard to guess because there aren't that many horror vampire franchises out there. It's Twilight, guys. <laughs> Yes, it's Twilight. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh my God, Jeff would actually kill me if that was the next <laughs> Yes, uh, I'll check my, make sure my passport's in date, and <laughs> then I'll go to Canada. I thought it would be more like then- Unabomber, just like send me a package. <laughs> Oh no, when I sent you like candy, the guy had to open the box and look at it before he would even take the box. So really? They did not open any of the boxes I've sent you. So. I went to FedEx. The guy was like, what's in there? Like candy and stuff? Like exactly what candy? I'm like, I don't remember. I just bought candy and threw it in there. He literally opened it, took inventory of everything and then sent, and then closed it back Oh, they up. make me do an inventory of it. But like my inventory is vague. It's like candy, toys. <laughs> This time it was homemade cookies. Like No, he wasn't having it. He was just like, I was like, I don't know, candy and chips, uh, maybe some donuts. And they're like, no, nah, I need to know more. I'm like, all right, if you need to open like, if you need to open it, go ahead. Maybe they just look at me and they're like, mm, she doesn't look smart enough to be able to make a bomb. Okay, we trust you. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> so, like, if I don't do this, it'll just sit in customs in Canada for like two years or whatever. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm gonna just do what you gotta do. Man. It's, it's candy. It's candy and food and then chips and just just and a plane ticket to to France. Which I was so confused by at first. I'm like, you got me a plane ticket, but it's not even to you. Wait, what? <laughs> all right. Well, I think we should just jump into this movie. Because yes. what else are we doing here? <laughs> yes, we should get this out of the way because I'm sure our fan is waiting. Jumping at the bit. <laughs> I think we have more than one fan now. I, I think. I think. <laughs> you might. You might. Have, we have as it's whole. <laughs> one fan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I see you. I hear you listen to us. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Also, I've, I'm drinking some wine tonight, and it's going to be necessary because as this movie went on, I just started writing drink in my notes for all the tropes that happened in this movie that have happened in all the other movies, too. And I like how they started a trope like three quarters into the movie in this one. Yeah, but still, it was just like, yep, this has happened. Yep, that happened. <laughs> okay. They're like, hey, night six. I'm like, what, did they actually put up the other five nights in this movie? Because just- They only skipped like a couple of nights. It was just, we'll get into it. Okay. The first one I remember seeing was night six. And I don't remember seeing any night before that. No, they had nights before then. Oh. We'll get to it. I wrote it down. You know I did. Yes. Oh, I did. <laughs> Jeff was bored and does, does not remember. I mean, fair. Things don't really happen. Things happen, but they don't really happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird because they do. And they do kind of right away. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. It is interesting, but it's not compelling. Maybe because we've said through five of these and now on the sixth one, I'm like, all right, there's only so much of the same scare I can see. Yeah, we're just jaded at this point. <laughs> and there was no pool vacuums to be found. Yes, that's what was lacking in this movie, a pool vacuum. This house was epic, though. I can't lie. This is a nice it house. It was a real nice house. Yeah. And I was confused at the beginning because I was like, when we'll get it. OK, let's just start. <laughs> so the movie opens in September 1988 in Santa Rosa, California, with the scene from Paranormal Activity 3 right at the end where Dennis is crawling across the living room floor at Grandma Lois's, and then his back gets broken. We then see Katie and Christy go upstairs with Grandma Lois, and then in this cut, somebody picks up the camera. We then cut to some new footage, and Christy is saying that she's scared to her Grandma Lois, and Grandma Lois says, don't be scared. And then Christy asks, who is he? And the camera pans to reveal who I call Ponytail. And then I find out that everyone calls Ponytail in this film. His name was like Trent or something. It's Kent when you look it up. Uh, that's what it was. That was close. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, he was Ponytail in my notes. So he's sitting in an armchair in Grandma Lois's bedroom. And Grandma Lois says, he's going to be your teacher. Ponytail then says, this is a very good day. Do you know why? Because today is the beginning. Your friend Toby, I've known him for a long time. I've known him by other names. Grandma Lois knows him too. Grandma Lois says, I had to learn too. It was hard at first, but it was worth it. Ponytail then says, Christy, you're going to grow up and you're going to have a son who's one of the chosen. I'm like, this is a lot of information for a child. (laughs) Yes. And a lot of it's not necessary. Like, wait, what? (laughs) And then I also wrote, this chosen one, his name will be Harry Potter. He shall search for the Deathly Hallows. Makes sense. Deathly Hallows is a lower place. All right, before we get too deep, I have to give kind of a bit of kudos to the writer of this movie because they watched all five movies and tried to string together the why everything happened. Absolutely. This is why I have so many notes for this episode is that they actually tried to string everything together, including 
them still having a mom. Like, I appreciated that. Thank you. Did not look up who the screenwriter was for this, but thank you. Much appreciated. Really try to put an answer to every question. Like, oh, why would this happen? Because of this. Is it a good reason? No, but it's a reason. So you know what? I'll accept. And it's really, it's great. They're on top of it right until the last half hour of the film. And then things fall apart for me. But anyways. Yeah, unlike the last movie that was saved by the last 15 minutes. This movie, not so much. Yeah. Okay. Ponytail then says, and Katie, your gift is your strength. A lot is going to be asked of you. You're going to have to take care of your sister and a lot of others. There's a special girl out there, a lot like you. He's going to bring her to us. And then I was just like, are we just supposed to ignore the fact that these kids are visibly older from the first scene that they showed just a second ago? I'm guessing they got the same girls. They did. But like, we're just supposed to ignore this. It couldn't have been like, let's cut to the next day or something. And three real time years had passed between when the movies were filmed or two or whatever it was. <sighs> but oh well. Okay. We then cut to a kid drawing on a chalkboard table. He's She's drawing a male stick figure and the figure is saying, ah, there's what I can only assume is Mika's demon coloring book sitting on the table underneath the skull sculpture. I just, I needed to throw my head cannon in here somewhere, you know. Okay, and if Katie is going to protect Christy, Katie's also going to kill Christy? After she claims his son. I mean, her son. Because, all right, because, where's my son? All right. Um, <laughs> we get a Chiron. It says Santa Rosa, California, November 29th, 2013. The man who will find out it's a father. The father's name is Ryan, but I wrote dad for most of my notes because I was not aware of what his name was. The dad asks, what are you drawing, sweetie? And she says, Uncle Mike screaming, <laughs> which I very much appreciate. We don't like Uncle Mike. We don't like Uncle, Uncle Mike. So we're going to just make him scream in our drawing. <laughs> Uh, and then they start practicing saying boo to scare Uncle Mike when he comes in. We can see that there's Christmas decorations in the background. There's a knock at the door and the little girl runs up and she opens the door and then she goes to hide and a mustachioed man walks in with a lot of luggage and she says boo and like as she's saying boo she runs to hug him. <laughs> well she likes Uncle Mike. I know but it's just like I'm gonna scare you with a hug. <laughs> It's a very scary hug. She might already be possessed. We have no idea. That's fair. That's fair. Let's give in to Toby rather quickly in this movie. It does start pretty quickly in this movie. Thank God. <laughs> Whoever watched the like first five films to like fill in the blanks was also like, okay, so usually nothing happens for about 45 minutes. Can we not do that? <laughs> what? That was an option? Wait, you, you're telling me we could have started to do something before the 50-minute mark in these movies? No. no way. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. Mind blown. Uh, we get some brotherly banter back and forth, and then the wife comes down to greet Mike. We then meet Skylar, who from now on will be Alice in my notes, because my magician's love. So the wife is complaining that Mike is staying for two weeks instead of two days, and this is where the drinking starts for me. Drink! bad couple communication. Just, uh, all right. It technically was, but... Uh, he says Mike just got dumped over email and he's devastated. And that's why he needs to stay with them for two weeks. And he probably has nothing else in the world else to go because no one likes Uncle Mike. <laughs> I mean, later he's like, next time I'm staying with mom. See, but mom doesn't want him to stay there either. Nobody likes Mike. Maybe if he shaved his face. Um. Okay, we yeah, cut but, to Mike. Yeah, the mustache isn't working for <laughs> We cut to Mike as like the dad's trying to like convince the mom that, oh, like he's devastated, whatever. Mike's breaking a vase in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you're really not helping your case at all. We could tell Ryan is a video game developer, even though he is developing a video game on a tablet later, which I didn't know that's the way it was. Yeah, right? I was just like, oh, okay, sure. Uh huh. Like leaning back on the couch, playing on a tablet, like, oh, I can need to get this game out before Christmas break. Tap, 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 tap. I'm like, all right. Um. On a video of like, just like blue screen text. 
I want to be a video game developer, too. Like, based on that, I think I have the skills. I think I can do it. (laughs) We cut to Alice, Mike, and Dad, and the child playing around in the playroom. The kid's, like, playing her recorder instrument very annoyingly. Um, And my kid's explaining that he split with his girlfriend because she didn't want kids, and he does. Drink for bad communication. They're... All making Christmas cards, and Mike makes one for his ex with a steaming pile of shit on it. <laughs> Real mature, Mike. Great job. By the way, Mike is not 17 years old, but I'd share. <laughs> but he is just as mature as one. Him and Mika, they, I think they were friends. Probably were. Uh, probably pours one out for him later. For my buddy Mika, I miss him so much. In his coin net shirt. Oh, God. Poor. Alice and Mike are bantering as he unpacks, and then she's like helping him unpack, which I found really weird. But okay, sure. She says that she's here for a yoga retreat. She thought it be nice to stay with the married couple for a nice little visit. Uh, Mike has brought their dad's old Santa suit, and he's brought a new creepy Santa face to go along with it. This automatically reminded me of the fact that my boss dresses up as Krampus every year. Well, you do the haunted thing, so that kind of makes sense. It's on brand. Yeah, he, he has that, and he also has a bunny costume that's like a murderous bunny, and it's called the Shriekster Bunny. Just so like the bunny from Critters, too? I haven't seen Critters too. It's just like it has blood coming from its mouth and like fangs and like. I think I've seen this thing. Well, maybe not him doing it, but I think I've seen that somewhere. Probably. Probably Halloween stuff. Probably. Yeah. So he, in non-COVID times, would dress up a bit. People would come and take pictures with him as if he was Santa or something. But no, he's these horrifying characters instead. My boss is awesome. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Not gonna lie. We then cut to them decorating the tree. The mom brings out an angel for the top, and she says that it was her grandma's, and she gave it to her mom, and then her mom gave it to her, and one day she's going to give it to the daughter. We then cut to the brothers decorating outside the house. Mike puts one deer mounting the other deer, and I have my note from Chits Creek of, don't worry, it's his sister. Isn't Schitt's Creek, they have like this sign and it's just like this man like backed up onto a woman who's like bent over with like a bucket in the water. And Eugene Levy's just like, this is a very inappropriate sign. And the mayor's just like, that's my family up there, man. It's like, okay, well, it looks like your great grandpa is doing your great grandma up the ass. And she's like, oh, you pervert. That's not what's happening. I don't know what people do where you come from, but uh, that's his sister there. And we don't do our sisters around here. And then he's like, how are they ever supposed to know that that is the sister to that man? <laughs> so he like erects a small sign beside it that just says, don't worry, it's his sister. Doesn't that make it, th- make it worse? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so don't worry, it's his sister. Mike finds Dennis's old camera and his brother says that it must have belonged to the people who used to live there. And then they find a box of tapes too. So I guess Bejeweled decided to leave these <laughs> for them. So then they leave... They get it from Anna's house and then put it in this house because the tapes weren't Anna's house last week. Exactly. And in this house was a crime scene, but Bejeweled, he just went over one day with his key because, you know, him and Anna were besties. He took the tapes and brought them to this new house. Oh, they had, uh, damn it, Diego, bring it, isn't there? Dave, Danny? No, was it Danny? Jesse? Jesse, yes, Jesse. What? <laughs> like, who? Diego? Do you mean Dora's brother or whatever? Yes, go Diego, go, get the tapes. <laughs> they used the map and then they put it in their backpack, backpack? That's exactly what happens. Where did I get Diego from? Um, I don't know. You were like, what is like a stereotypical Hispanic name? Because that's all the movie was. I'm like, Diego, maybe. I don't know Spanish, so I can, I can get away with it. So, Oh, uh, Lord. Okay. We then cut to the old camera footage. The dad is using the old camera and cleaning it up. And then he goes to show it to the mom and his daughter. It keeps getting like a weird 
weird mist in the middle of the room. He thinks that it might be a glitch, but then when he steps into where the mist is in the room, there's a sound like he's underwater and the visual is as if he's like in some sort of portal, like things are floating around him. It's dark. It's weird. It was, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, like it's weird as in it's not a normal thing to happen to someone. <laughs> True. And I do have to say, this movie has the best why are they still recording conceit of the series. Yes, 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 yes. So we'll, we'll find out throughout this film. But basically, the only time they can see ghostly things is through this old camera and regular cameras don't catch it. You don't have to ask why they're still recording. They kind of have to be recording to see what's going on. It's a big plus. They then go and tuck their daughter in to bed. They do a room check and like through this room check they explain the room they're like look the, there's the bird over your door and look at the butterflies and whatever cool thank you for the description it will come into play later exactly oh i have to say this now that way when they say it later yes we actually remember this we cut back to the living room and dad says that he can't see the thing that was in the room living room anymore and the mom's just like good you fixed it and he starts like kind of flipping out like he was like really like aggressive about it he's just like no it was there no it's just not and uh." and then she's just like if you come to bed right now i'll have sex with you He's just like Scooby Doo, like with Scooby's back. He's like, Oh, you got it. I don't even know why I was mad anymore. And then I was just like, Also drink for sex, but then they didn't film it. So it was pretty good. No sex tape. We cut to them dissecting the camera, is what I'm going to call it. Um, So he's opened up the camera and he's talking about how. He's looked up the modeled camera and this camera is like completely custom and different and it has like, I don't know, more of these parts. I didn't write down the specifics. Okay, more viewing tubes. It's only so they have two or three. This one has like five or six or something. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, okay. exactly. So it's custom. It's like nothing else. Mike is just all like, yo, why are you so obsessed with me? I mean, the camera. Ryan, the dad, he says that he's never seen this box before and it's he's weirded out that it was in his house. We then cut to more vintage camera footage as he wanders his house he hears his daughter talking to someone in her room she's saying okay can mommy and daddy come and he walks up to her door and this is where we find out her name is leela because it says so on the door like hunter yes uh (laughs) he checks on her and she's alone uh but on the camera he can see that there's like this weird the weird like uh patch of whatever is on the bed sitting beside her they start playing hide and seek together and when he turns around the thing is no longer on the bed we then cut to night mike is saying the girls are all out for the night and they have the house to themselves and this is where we find out that the dad's a game developer and he's just on his iPad, like, touching a video on a screen that is blue text. And that's, it. And that's what creating a video game is like, people, apparently in 2015 or 14, whenever this is supposed to be taking place. Apparently. Mike then is, like, offering him up uh, a piece of chocolate that he got from Amsterdam or something like that. And he's just like, all right what are you trying to do here, buddy? And he's just like, it's totally not an edible. Cut to the dad just like staring at this Santa robot. And he's like, it's talking to me. Uh, Uncle Mike. Good old Uncle Mike with the drugs, you know. He's not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. Never take anything from Uncle Mike. Never trust a man with mustache. <laughs> we cut to the dad's office. Mike asks why he has a VCR. And he says that he stole it from his dad so that he could watch dad's old pornos. And I'm just, we're going to drink for random perviness because that always has to happen in these movies. 
you're an adult man. Why do you want to watch your dad's weird 70s pornos? Why? Probably early 80s. Maybe he's into the classics. Just Likes all that push. <laughs> exactly. You know, hey, you know, different strokes, so to speak. <laughs> okay. So now they have the box of tapes from Anna's house. So they start watching the tapes from Paranormal Activity 3. And Mike is super into Julie's shoulders. <laughs> he then gets bored as the tape goes on to show Christy and Katie. It's the first scene from Paranormal Activity where it's Christy. No, not Christy. Katie's birthday party. So does that mean that since the characters in Paranormal Activity 6, I guess is where we're at Mm -hmm. now, were bored watching Paranormal Activity 3, that they were aware how boring it was in the beginning? Uh, At least Mike was. Ryan was super fascinated by it. He could not miss a second. He watched footage that we didn't even get to see. But Mike was just like, no, this is really boring. Tell me when Shoulders is back. And then he goes to have a deep chat with the foosball table instead. Because that was way better. And then I wrote, drink, they're being pervs. (laughs) And watching Julie and Dennis's sex tape. Not for nothing. It's not their fault. They didn't see it coming. No, but they're like super into it as it happens and drinking their paps, blue ribbon beer. If I happen to be watching a video of some boring family, then all of a sudden the interns with sex tape, I can't promise that I would stop watching it right away. <laughs> uh, maybe that's just me. I'm just like, mm, no, I don't want to watch. No, no, don't want to watch random people having sex. It just it feels like an invasion of privacy. Oh, no, it totally is. But I didn't I didn't record this. Yeah, but I guess I don't know. Just I would be like, OK, we're going to turn off this tape or we're going to like stop and fast forward. And at that point, it's over 20 years old. I don't know. I would feel weird about it. But that's that's me. Um, they decided to because the sex tape, as we know from Paranormal Activity 3, it ends in an earthquake instead of uh, the bed is shaken for good reasons. So, bed is shaken, but it, but it was Toby shaking it. It wasn't. Exactly. So they decide to play a tape called Opening Doors, thinking that that sounds kinky. Don't know how they thought that was kinky, but fine. No. So the tape is of Christy and Katie and Ponytail. And Ponytail's telling Christy, focus, Christy. Don't use your eyes to see use what's inside of you and then grandma lois is telling her to concentrate the bros are all weirded out but they keep watching it anyway ponytail says you see through him christy let me show you what he sees let him take you there let him show you mike says i hate this family and i'm like yep you'll only grow to hate them more (laughs) christy says there's a room there's lots of colors mike points out katie and asks because she's like sitting in the back and like drawing or doing something and he's like yo is that one just like taking minutes of like what's happening in this meeting that was that was a good joke christy says there's butterflies and there's a big bird over the door so clearly she's describing leela's room grandma lois it was mm-hmm. katie it was katie saying it was christy Kristen? katie's in the background i thought it was i thought it was, thought it was the other way around know, it's because they're older up. right like it it kind of throws you off because older Christy looks a lot like Katie in the last movie. Yeah, that might be it. Cause I thought it was Katie. I'm like, wait, so no one cares about Christy? Not even, not even here? I'm like, all right, sit here with this coloring book and just... <laughs> no, now they don't care about Katie. <laughs> no, no, Katie's all over this movie. Oh, no, wait, no, Christy. Dang Christy all over this movie. These people with the with their K names that I don't know anything about. Them and the Kardashians. God damn it. <laughs> Grandma Lois asks, what's so funny? Because... Christy starts like giggling and she says, there's a tent like the one me and Katie camp out in. It's right in the little girl's room. Why would it be right in the middle of the room? The dad's like making faces at the brother and Mike's just not getting it. So then the dad like breaks it down for him that she's describing Leela's room exactly. And he's just like, 
you're high. And this just immediately made me think of Arrested Development with like Oscar and Lucille, where like she's just like, you're high. And he's like, you're drunk. But anyways, Ponytail says, is he there, Christy? Is he in the room? Is he in the house? Do you see him? Mike is asking why they were making her do this. Who is he? And then Christy says, he's there. And her eyes open into black holes and the tape goes blue and there is a high pitched like screaming noise. And then it cuts and all the lights go out. They then turn on the lights and they hear a thud somewhere in the house. So they go investigate. They find another patch of weird like whatever in the upstairs hall and it disappears again. And then they hear thudding again and they the dad calls out for Mike because he can't find him. There's another patch. I just keep on calling them patch of weirds because I'm like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's another patch of weird in the hallway to Leela's room. And then something flies out of it and hits him and knocks him over. And then Mike's, Mike makes fun of him. So I was just like, did so Mike threw something at him? Yeah, Mike threw like a ball like at his face uh, or at his head or something. Okay, but there was still a patch of weird. So but I think the patch of weird had moved. No, it was still there. And then the ball came through. That's why I, I wasn't sure if the ball came through like a portal. And then like Mike was laughing and I was like, wait, what? I'm confused. Mike threw a can of PBR at him. So that's, that's probably what that was. <laughs> Ugh, worst beer. I don't even like beer, but I know that's just the worst we cut today they're making cookies and alice is saying that she should feng shui their house and then the dad starts telling alice about that he's been hearing and seeing strange things we cut to alice playing with the camera and she's asking what sort of stuff he's been seeing she says that it could be a spirit but cameras like this don't usually pick up on beings but rather different planes of existence somewhere where a lot of displaced energy would travel to but sometimes it's just a camera glitch and i'm just like this is where i believe that this is actually alice from the magicians because otherwise why the fuck does she know this shit yeah so it was alice he's just like you know on her sabbatical from hogwarts or wherever they go in the magicians and uh, there is a part in the magicians where she like needs to go and disappear so this is my theory she goes to disappear and pretend to be skylar for a while which isn't bad she relaxes does yoga <sighs> doesn't exactly survive this movie but it doesn't well we don't see her die exactly no we don't I, oh wait yes ish okay we'll get there okay we cut tonight and the parents are leaving alice and mike in charge of leela who's asleep and they say they'll be back at 11 p.m mike is asking alice if she actually thinks the camera sees ghosts and she's like yeah i think it's possible then she convinces mike to like run off and grab her some wine which is like they have like a weird thing going for this movie and i don't know if they're into each other or not i got the vibe that mike was but alice not so much yeah i don't know or maybe maybe i'm wrong there's like moments where she like kind of flirts with him but like i don't know if she's just teasing i think she's teasing him because i don't like uncle mike no one likes uncle mike except in this case it's not that no one likes uncle mike but jeff likes him just no one likes uncle mike no no yeah yeah we got one christy was the one we got and now no i don't care about uncle mike uh, and now fan of Layla, Leela, Stitch. I'm not a fan <laughs> of her at all. Uh, she, I don't know. Yeah, she's even more annoying than uh, Christy was, but she does a really good job of like, once she's supposed to be like void of emotion, she's, she's good at that. Like the only thing she is all movie? Because no. I think she's possessed already, probably. Uh, like she, at least she's interacting with them now, but like she gets to a point where she's like, get away from me. <laughs> And it's just like, it, it's a little bit jarring to see like a child just like that cold. Like, like later on, like, let's go do this. Like, no, no, no. I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Mom, 
I, I said, say, I am fine. And it's like, you're six. What? Okay, uh, you're not 14 yet. Relax. All right. This is showed up early. So Mike runs off to get Alice some wine. And she goes and she puts down the camera and walks away to like stretch. But she's still in frame. And then we hear all this like nightlife around her, crickets, whatever, making lots of noise. And then suddenly they all go silent. And then almost immediately something black whips past the camera. Alice goes and she picks up the camera and she starts asking if there's anything there because she sensed something. And then Mike comes up behind her, scaring her. She tells him that she felt something. Mike then takes the camera and he switches it to night vision, just in time to catch the seesaw moving on its own. This camera didn't have night vision in 88, did it? No, I don't think it did, because then he would have flipped it onto night vision every night, right? To film the girls. And was there night vision in um, consumer-grade cameras in 1988? I don't know, but like clearly they've switched up this camera a lot so that it can see different planes of existence. <laughs> So maybe they had a night vision while they're at it. Yeah, the camera used to not be able to see ghosts either. So yeah, I guess. Did you have you ever seen Crimson Peak? I I technically have, but it was I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, because it was boring as hell. My best friend would hate me for it. It's her favorite horror movie. It's the only horror movie she likes. It's not a horror movie, and you, and if you listen, I'm sorry. But it's not a horror movie. But anyway, the ghost in this movie looks like the ghost from Crimson Peak. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It shows up once, maybe twice. Except that Guillermo del Toro actually does practical effects as much as he can for things, which is really cool. And I was looking it up and they came out the same year. So I can't say this movie ripped it off, Mm -hmm. but still, I say this movie ripped it off. (laughs) Okay. He turns on the night vision just in time to catch the seesaw moving on its own. And then they hear the pool furniture move and then they see something rippling in the pool. So Alice goes over and she leans over to check it out and something flies out of the pool. The pool vacuum. The pool vacuum did make an appearance. Yay! It's back. It's here. It's not the star of this movie like it was in part two, but still. Nice little cameo. Alice keeps investigating and finds that there is a weird patch. A patch of weird in the bushes. And then they find Leela standing there. They take her back inside and they hear something behind them as they're going. We cut to the next day. And Mike is saying that the stuff by the pool was weird, but Alice was more scared than he was. Drink for douchebag douche. Because of course she was. Look at her. I okay. wouldn't be scared. I'm Uncle Mike. I'm Uncle Mike. My mustache makes me not scared of anything other than my own face. Yes, and I'm drinking my bravery juice. PBR. <laughs> Nothing but the best. Ugh. Okay. They say Leila was in a trance or like sleepwalking when they found her. Alice then goes and finds rosaries in the bushes that belong to the mum. And they assume that Leila was burying them out there. So now my first question of the new lore, because there's always new lore. Since when has like Christian iconography stuff helpful bad or bad or anything? Yeah, I know. I completely or agree. Anything at all. Hell, they did the seance in a church in the last movie and it helped, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, we see at the end that Christian iconography cannot help them. It looked like it was doing something. It's just the priest got taken out before before it could finish. I have arguments for that and we'll get to it. Okay. Okay. And and the ghost does look like Bejeweled. Just saying. I have other things I think the ghost looks like, but we'll talk about it. Okay. Then we cut to the dad asking Leela about things that are going on and she says that she doesn't want to talk about him. He asks who's him, babe? And she doesn't answer. We cut to the dad watching Christy and Katie's tapes some more 
and he's reading up on spirit photography when he hears a noise and goes to investigate it. Drink for grabbing the camera to go investigate for things. But anyways. Yeah, because they don't know, they don't know records ghosts yet, so they don't, have, they don't have a good reason. He plays with like some sort of panel on the wall. Like Jeff, did you know what the panel was for? It, it looked like, the close thing it looked like, even though it wasn't this, it looked like a breaker thing, but it wasn't mm-hmm. that. But it looked like more like a PA thing. Like they were like running through, or maybe a security system kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. I couldn't tell what it was. And he's like playing around with it and nothing's happening happening so i really truly did not know what this thing was and they, they stay on the scene for a little while just like him flipping switches mm-hmm. maybe it's a car bouncing in the background that we don't see because he's hitting those switches but other than that yeah other than that like the feed does start going blue and then it goes back to normal at one point while he's playing with the switches but it doesn't seem directly related to him playing with the switches like he doesn't even notice the feed changing we're going to get a security system or something. Yeah. Or HVAC or... I have no idea. But then no idea. he finds Leela sitting with her hands pressed against a mirror and repeating, Yarm, good, I can't say this, good, good old. <laughs> it's Bloody Mary backwards. Yeah, so she's red rum, red rum, red rum. Pretty much. <laughs> and like, because I have to write it out, I automatically could see that that was Bloody Mary backwards. <laughs> but yeah, she's just saying in a creepy voice. She then turns to him like in a trance-like state and there's like a handprint left on the mirror in the glass and it's larger than her hand was. The dad then says that she has blood on her hand. He grabs her and like takes her away, but leaves the camera there. And then the handprint inside of the mirror like drags down with like a scraping noise. And then it slams back against the mirror, breaking it in that one spot. And this is one of the things that I'm like, why didn't they turn back the tapes and watch this ever? Like when they noticed that there was a break in the mirror, why didn't they? What? I don't think they ever watch back the tapes really that much. No, they don't watch back their own tapes. They just keep watching Christy and Katie's tapes. And I'm exactly. Yeah. They watch the ones from 1988 or 92 or whatever. They don't watch anything that they're recording or are they recording? Maybe they're not even recording. Well, then how are we watching this? How do we watch any of these? (laughs) Because I'm bejeweled. Okay. (laughs) I'm not asking this question. I'm thinking they just were on and just were because they never buy tapes. Maybe they just keep on recording over the same tape. I have no idea. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, we cut to the dad showing Alice and Mike the tape. So they are watching the tape, but they don't watch the part with like the slamming hand. They stop at the point where she's saying Bloody Mary because they rewind her talking and then by rewinding it, they hear her say it like the proper way, Bloody Mary. And then the dad doesn't know about Bloody Mary and I wrote in brackets, suspicious (laughs) because who the fuck does not know about Bloody Mary? Yeah, you don't have to say you've done it or anything. Oh yeah, I remember that as a child. Can you remind me for the the three people in the audience that that might not know what it is? You know, that's why you do this. The writer was tired. He had a lot of, he had a lot of strings on a cardboard in his apartment and was trying to string things together with his uses. So I, I could forget, I could give him a pass on this one. The Charlie Day map makes an appearance. It hasn't been here since season one. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's back. And now it's back. All right. It's not even in the movie. It's the guy that wrote the movie had it in his apartment. Very meta that way. Alice explains what Bloody Mary is for the dad. And then it cuts to a scene where Mike finds a piece of concrete, concrete on the property that says Katie and Christie, 1987. This is where they figure out that their house is built on top of the old house that was burnt down in 1992. The whole family disappeared. No bodies were found. And Katie and Christy disappeared at that time, too. We then cut to the dad telling the mom he thinks Leela is talking to ghosts. And she's been getting up at night and playing with something only she and the camera can see. Then I wrote, drink. The mom doesn't believe it. 
But on the bright side, the mom does come around quicker than any other mom in any of these movies. Yeah, because shit directly happens to her. Still, like the other ones were willfully ignorant. And this one, at least. I mean, it, it still takes her a while. I think we have a few more pages of her not believing anything. <laughs> because as much as I like Christy, man, she didn't want to believe anything. Yeah, but I think that was more like now that we know further lore that has been created after the fact. <laughs> I think that it was because she was brainwashed. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Was she though? Because the thing is, Kate and Chris don't look brainwashed, I guess. What does looking brainwashed look like? I don't know, because if this is happening and you knew was, you were getting ready for it, you wouldn't fight it as much as Katie did, I suppose. But I think they, like, erased in- their memories. I don't know. I Maybe. don't know. Okay. Perhaps. So, <clears throat> he's uh, saying that the people that used to live there 20 years ago put up cameras and they caught all sorts of things and their house is built on top of the, ha- the house that they lived in. This, through this, he convinces his wife to let him set up cameras around the house. Drink! <laughs> He has a good excuse because his camera sees things and she's like, listen, a couple days. That's it. Fine. Whatever. Uh, he sets up two cameras in his daughter's room and Mike says, so you can watch your daughter sleep all night. Nothing weird about that. Thank you, Mike. Finally, someone has said it. Well, he's done one good thing. He had to eventually, right? I mean, like, at least one thing. Even by accident, he did it. (laughs) We cut to the mom tucking Leela in, and she asks, Mommy, did I die when I was a baby? The mom then explains that when, like, in child-friendly terms, but, like, when Leela was being born, the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck, and she wasn't breathing, but the doctors went in and got her, and she's fine. She's a miracle. We then cut to footage. Uh, it's December 11th, 2013, 3.32 a.m. So we get a date, but they don't write night one on it. That might be why I'm like, I don't remember seeing anything until night six. I have further I notes about this after. Okay, so then, okay. so in this footage, the chandelier starts to sway, drink, <laughs> and creak. Yeah. Leela gets out of her bed, drink. Uh, loud creaking noise continues and she goes downstairs drink and she stares at the tree for a while she then goes back to bed we cut to the daytime and Leela has apparently bit a kid at her school and it took three teachers to pull her off the boy he needed to go and get stitches and then I have a note here human bites are like the most toxic bite you can get the second most toxic toxic is a cat bite so that poor kid like was on IVs and needed treatment after that because dang that ain't good yeah I think stuff would have happened like there would have been more consequences to that than are dealt with in this movie but then again they're only alive in a like week or so so it doesn't I don't think it matters that much yeah I don't know but yeah bites are not a good thing don't if you're bending your partners, do not break skin. <laughs> this has been my PSA. Okay. <laughs> the more you know, where I need like the star to. Da, 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 da. Okay. The dad says that maybe the teachers are right and they should take Leela to a psychiatrist. Which they don't. No, they don't. Then we get night one, December 12th, 2013. And I'm like, wait, what was last night? So they do go night one? Yes. <laughs> this one is labeled night one. Huh? Was that like night zero? <laughs> It was like the prequel to night one. Was... I don't get it. Um, but it's one twenty-four a.m. We hear creaking noises and then something begins to materialize beside Leela's bed. Uh, and there's this like weird, like as the father explained it earlier, like an underwater kind of noise that it makes. So only the old camera get like captures this black 
thing appearing. And as Jeff said, if you've seen Crimson Peak, then it kind of looks like that. It's like liquidy, smoky, like, but a figure at the same time. And it's all black. It looks way better in Crimson Peak. Well, because it was practical, enhanced by CGI there. And this is just CGI. I see what they're going for. And it's it's a cool image. I can't lie. But it's cool that at least finally when they when the old movies would show nothing happening. Now we really see smoke moving like mm-hmm. in Lost. If you watch Lost, you saw a smoke monster. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I forgot about the smoke monster. Okay, anyways. It's good to see a smoke monster get work after it lost and finished. (laughs) It can't be easy to get, like, a job as a smoke monster in Hollywood, I would imagine. It's hard times, man, you know? Very limited roles. You know, you get typecast as smoke monster. You're not doing any rom-coms anytime soon, probably. He's just been, he's been trying to break through on the circuit of that, but it just hasn't happened. Okay, so only the old camera gets the footage of this weird, smoky, whatever figure. And it stands beside Leela's bed from 1.24 until 4.06 a.m. And then it moves to the foot of her bed and Leela wakes up and she starts talking to it. She says, okay, okay, where? Alice walks in and on the old camera, we can see that the figure is still there as Alice is there. She asks uh, Leela why she's awake when she mentions that it's cold in there, but she can't see the thing at the foot of the bed at all. She goes and she tucks Leela back in and she hears a weird noise. Uh, likely coming from the thing. And so she walks over to the spot where it was and like it dematerializes as she walks there. And then she still hears something. So she walks towards the camera and it reappears behind her. And then it flies at the camera and she feels it, hears it, whatever, and like gets spooked and leaves the child alone. (laughs) As you do. Okay. Real talk here. Um, I was listening to another podcast recently. Um, It's, uh, they're usually like a Bachelor review podcast, but they also just like shoot the shit and whatever in the time where Bachelor doesn't exist. It's called Chatty Broads. And one of the ladies, she was talking about how she thinks her house is haunted. They're having a lot of weird things. Specifically, her daughter is experiencing these weird things. So her daughter will um, go to bed and like within 15 minutes, she's like screaming and she calls her and she's like, I had a dream. And like, she's like, how the fuck did you have a dream within 15 minutes? And she'll be like, "Uh, there was like a portal and it opened up and they burnt my doll. And like, they did this thing and that thing. And then like other times she's like, mom, sometimes when I'm alone in the room, I hear something talking to me. And then she's like, what? What are they saying? And like, she's like, they're screaming my name. Toby has changed him up. <laughs> yeah. So like she was saying that like she came into the room and like her daughter's telling her about like this nightmare that she had. And she's like, okay, okay. Can, can this finish so I can literally run out of this room and just leave you here? <laughs> so anyways, I guess that's a common parent move. It's just like, nope, nope. You, you deal with the ghosts. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Ooh, it really sucks to be you. Anyway, I gotta go. Um, this is this seems like a you problem, not an us problem. So let's gotta close this door, out. runs downstairs, gets in car, <laughs> drives away. Drives away, never to be seen or heard from again. Uh, okay. We then cut to the day, and the dad is asking Leela. He's saying that he saw something in her room with her and Alice the night before, and he's asking her what woke you up last night, and she says Toby did. He asked who's Toby, and she won't answer. We then cut to him telling the mom about all the stuff that is happening and she's just like not listening doesn't care and i would say this requires a drink for not showing the footage to the mom that's a, yeah so that's, that's a fair drink they find a way to avoid doing that at all costs yep we then cut to the dad showing mike the tape it's the tea party scene with like her and dennis and she's just like no you can't sit there because toby's there and he's like to- like see she's saying toby too and leela said that like it's toby that woke her up so he's like uh spooky shit they then put on a tape from four years later and we have ponytail 
Ponytail says, uh, Toby's a very important part of your life, right? Mike says, so they stayed in touch with Tobes. Well, that's nice. <laughs> He's like, this was before Facebook and everything. It was hard to stay in touch. Man, it wasn't easy. These, these are just little kids. How'd they do it? Like, did they actually write letters? Sometimes I do appreciate Mike. Most of the time not. But every once in a while, he has a line that's pretty good. <laughs> I have to remember, like, you know, he, he thinks it's all bullshit, which is, of course you would. Yeah. So that, that makes that fun. If my sister was, like, spending all her days watching tapes from 20-something years ago and then, like, would pull me in and be like, okay, 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 watch, watch this. See, they say this thing here. Okay, now here's this tape from four years later. They said the same thing. Did you did you see that? I'll be like, when was the last time you slept? <laughs> um, should, should we be taking you to a psychiatrist? Are you on any drugs? <laughs> so the dad starts arguing that uh, Toby isn't a very popular name. And Leela couldn't have watched the tape. She doesn't even know what a VCR is. And Mike's like, yo, she doesn't know what a VCR is. I'm old. That's another good line. Yeah. And then they hear a noise and the dad's like, oh my God, what was that? And Mike's just like, oh my gosh, it's, I see something in the camera. It's your ice maker making noise. Drink. Ice maker making noise. Then they hear a different noise. So they go off to investigate it. Drink. Something standing on the second floor. And they have a weird, a patch of weird particles flying into the living room. Drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, that's not from like other movies. So yeah. uh, I'm only drinking at things that are from all the movies. I, I was feeling left out. So I wanted to say drink. <laughs> uh, if only you could see me and I could just like point at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You just point drink. The particles are on the move. So they go and they check Leela's room. There's nothing in there. They tuck her in and a dark figure with a demon face lunges at the camera and it knocks Mike over uh, as well as the dad. Pretty good jump scare. The next day he shows Mike the footage and you can clearly say, see there's like this demon face in the black mass that was recorded on the camera. They set up more cameras. We, Which I don't get why because they know only they can see it in one camera. Yeah, exactly. Not only one camera is catching it, but they keep on setting up other cameras to be like, maybe this one will catch something. Maybe my work iPad where I'm producing this game will be able to see the person ghost Toby thing. Person ghost Toby thing. Uh, I think it's called the demon, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, At this point, I'm not sure it's a demon anymore. I don't know. It's just the way the new lore in this movie makes me die. It's a demon now. Uh, he's a prince from hell, according to this lore. Okay. <laughs> so Toby's got a promotion as these movies have gone on. <laughs> He's moving his way up the demon ranks because this is ridiculous. Moving his way up the demon ranks, you know. Just a regular demon on the grind, you know, working middle management. Finally, his day has come. He's moving on up to the east side, to deluxe apartment in the sky. It's like picturing like a Monsters, Inc. situation, but all demons. <laughs> oh, man, we have to write it before Pixar steals this from us. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's demons, but Monsters, Inc. Yeah, so Nate 3, December 14th, 2013, 2.15 a.m. And for the record, December 14th is my hunter's birthday. <laughs> so happy birthday, my hunter. The Christmas tree is flickering weirdly. And then a black mass starts on the ceiling of the living room, which is like a double level ceiling, if that makes sense. Like it's a super high ceiling because there's like this huge open space from the living room and then like a banister that overlooks the living room. We didn't really explain that well, but oh, well. Still very nice. Very nice. It's very nice. house. Yes. It starts on the ceiling of the living room and then it moves down the hallway leading towards Leela's room. And then it turns into a humanoid figure. The shadow creeps across Leela's room and then not the old camera. So they move the old camera to the hallway now. 
So Leo's room only has new cameras, so you can't see as much. But you can see that there's a shadow, and it creeps across Leela's room. And then she has, like, a mobile in the corner, and it starts moving on its own. She wakes up, and she stares as if someone's at the foot of her bed, and she nods and then asks, now? We cut to her creeping through the hallway, um, and we see the thing on the ceiling still. She goes to the living room, and she starts ripping pages out of a book, and she's throwing them into the fireplace. She then turns on the gas to the fireplace and starts trying to light a match. (laughs) She's trying to light the fire, just like Jim Morrison asked, I wrote. (laughs) And she's not really good at it, because I think she's like, breaking matches or moving too fast or what, and doesn't know how to actually light a match, which is a good. She's thing. a child. <laughs> she's not supposed to. Even I think at six, yeah. I knew how to light a match. When I go in my childhood, yeah. Okay, so she's trying to light that fire. And then she's saying, as she's like tra- striking the match, take me away. The mom gets up and she sees Leela and runs downstairs to stop her. There's still that thing on the ceiling. The mom puts Leela back to bed and the mobile is still moving on its own and the thing is still on the hallway ceiling. It comes down and it's like reaching for the mom as she's standing in the hallway looking over the banister to the living room. And then she run, she goes back downstairs and she checks what book it was and she starts pulling the pages from the fireplace. The thing comes down off of the ceiling and goes like down into the living room. And then we're on a regular camera in the living room so we can't see it anymore. As the mom's head is in the fireplace, the gas turns on. And she jumps out and turns it off very quickly. She then backs away and turns around, looking around to see if she sees anything there. She then begins to walk away, and the angel is thrown from the top of the tree down at her feet. And now she believes. She has become Mulder. Um, anyways, uh, well, she would become Scully because Mulder believed from day one, right? I guess. Fair. Fair, fair. I was going to say she becomes Neo because, like, when, when Morph is like, he's beginning to believe. Same thing. <laughs> Another movie I have not seen. You haven't seen The Matrix? All right, there's three of those. I, but there's four of them, actually. Yeah, never seen The Matrix. I don't want to put myself through that again. Oh, that's fine. It's just, it's become a point of pride at this point with The Matrix that I haven't seen it. Um, Matrix is great. It came out when I was in college, and I saw it maybe three weeks before it came out because they actually showed it at, in the movie theater at my college, and I happened to go to like the student union or whatever, which uh, we called the SAC because it's Student Activity Center, SAC, so that's what everybody called mm-hmm. it. Get your minds out of the gutter, people. So, <laughs> um, they were just giving out free passes to this movie called The Matrix. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know what was coming. It was, just, it was, it was a different time back then. The internet was very tiny. And we just, we just went, saw it for free three weeks before it came out and had no idea how to explain it to anyone, <laughs> any one of my friends that weren't there with me. Because I just happened to get a free pass that day because they had run out and I just was hanging out there. And they were like, well, we have more space. You want to come in? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and I got to see this movie and it was just like, like very low budget, college movie theater like i think the 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 projector got stuck and like you like you have you probably seen this movies where like the the film like burns mm-hmm. that happened <laughs> when i saw the matrix for the first time so to stop <laughs> to like reset the thing and then like play it and continue i should say and they gave away a couple of the soundtracks to the matrix and so i saw it and it was just like we have to see this movie so i was like i got in early by by chance on this movie, mm-hmm. it's not like I was like, oh, I'm so into it. Like, no, like you guys, what's it about? It's hard for me to explain. I can't even explain this thing to you. We have to go watch it. So then I've just had so many dude bros explain the Matrix to me at this point because if I mention I haven't seen the Matrix, every single person feels like they need to explain it to me. And I'm like, just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean I don't know what it's about. I've been hearing about it since I was a child. Like everybody, like when it was a huge thing, everyone told me about it then. And yeah, 
no. Anyways, one of the movies you just live in the society. You understand what this movie. If you've never seen Terminator, you still know what it is. You haven't seen the thing. You know what that is. Like you know some of these movies, even if you've never watched them. Exactly. So it's Planet Pride now. I just feel like I'm gonna go the rest of my life without seeing it. And the only Matrix type thing that I've seen is Scary Movie Three, and I'm okay with that. The first one's good. The next two, yeah. And there's a new one coming out this year, so we'll see. <sighs> I'm good. But anyways, let's get back to this movie. Don't worry. I won't Harry Potter you with the Matrix. I'm not that hype. <laughs> Just the Karate Kid. Karate Kid. That's that's an all-time classic. That needs to be watched. But Matrix, you know what? If you don't want to watch it, I'm not going to twist your arm over it. <laughs> First one's good, but I would say watch Dark City because that has all the ideas and it came out a year earlier. And it, to my opinion, it was done better. Okay. Next day. The mom is explaining to Alice that the book that Leela was ripping the pages out of was her Bible from upstairs and she was trying to burn it. And I wanted to know exactly which pages she was burning in particular because she like chose like some pages to burn. So I wanted to know that. But so she was trying to burn the pages of the Bible and then she was also trying to burn the rosaries that she had tried to bury before. Then the mom says that when she asked her, she said that she was playing a game with Toby. And she's like, what kind of game involves burning Bibles? The right kind, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Still a valid question. The mom says that she finally thinks that the dad might be right. Congratulations. She got there a lot quicker than it did in any of these other movies, so I'll take it. She did. Very proud of her. We cut to the mom asking Leela to tell her that she will stop talking to Toby, and Leela says, Toby's my friend. And the parents are like, no, Toby is not your friend. Mm-mm, nope, none of this shit. I don't want to hear it. Don't be talking about him. Promise us. And like, it always works. It works. So perhaps when you forbid somebody to talk to somebody else, that always works. Every time. Always works. Without fail. I can promise you that. <laughs> I forbid you from talking to Toby. Say it, say it. Fine, I won't talk to Toby. Yes, she does like reluctantly promise to do that. And it's like, okay, cool. We then cut to the dad and Mike watching the tapes again, saying that they start, the dad saying that they started in 1988 with the mom. And Mike's like, ah, yes, shoulders. <laughs> and then he says, but then the footage jumps and everything is real different. And there's nothing in between. The mom and the boyfriend are just completely gone in the, like, the later tapes. And there's this like weird cult taking care of them. They're calling this other woman mom. And then <laughs> Mike's like, are they bathing her feet in milk? They're bathing this random woman's foot and feet in milk. Plot point that annoyed me here is, does he re-edit all these tapes? Because a lot of the times he'll be playing it and like he's just like, the tapes will like jump and mix it will be tapes from 1988 and then he like cuts to like this other footage that we've never seen before and then he cuts back to 1988 and then he'll cut to his own footage and i'm like what like it's all seamless maybe, i don't understand maybe toby did that with, uh, with bejeweled when they dropped the tapes off at the house with us and we, we but it's points that. that he wants to make usually and it's like so you're taking time to edit the tapes as well as watching all of them as well as doing all this research as well as apparently developing a game and by the way, I don't think he's developing the game anymore. I think that that ship has sailed. The game's never <laughs> gonna make is never gonna make his due date. <laughs> so yeah, he says mom and the dad are gone, or the boyfriend are gone. There's weird cult and they are calling a new woman mom. It then cuts to footage of Christy telling Ponytail that she had one more dream. It's just that I had another mummy. And then she fell down some sort of stairs. And she's saying this to him while she's sitting in her old bedroom at the house that belonged to Julie and Dennis. That burned down. In 92. They specify in this film that it burned down in 92, even though I told you in Paranormal Activity 3, it was supposed to be within that footage that there was one frame of their bed burning. So... 
I don't know. Okay. You beat me to it. I'm like, I thought it burned down that night when, and that's not, and her mom didn't fall downstairs and Christy, Katie, what? Christy. Was, which one, uh, were they, was, yeah, because Katie's the one that wasn't there. Christy was there. So forget it. I think about it. <laughs> we then cut to Grandma Lois telling Christy, Toby said you're on your way, sweetie. You're progressing nicely. The dad and Mike are talking about how Ponytail is like the leader preparing the girls for something. Ponytail then whispers, you'll make us pr- so proud. Grandma Lois says he needs her. We're getting close. We cut to footage from night four, December 15th, 2013, 1.22 a.m. Leela is sleeping in bed and the dad is watching the tapes Mike is checking in on him and the dad's just saying I just want to see if there's a connection between the tapes you've seen so many connections I don't I just want I don't know what he wants to me he's lost his mind but whatever the girls acting weird even by like I don't believe in ghosts aspect of it let's just say he doesn't they talked about going to a shrink earlier that they never do mm-hmm. like they gotta know their daughter's not acting right everyone can use some therapy <laughs> okay so they're now watching similar footage um, as the opening doors tape Mike asks didn't they already watch this uh, the other night? And the dad says, no, it's a different night. But uh, she's doing the same thing. He says that they do this every single night. It's not a ritual. It's like training. Christy is saying on the tape that she's not sure what she's seeing. It's blurry. Ponytail says to let him show you what he sees. She then says she's pretty sure it's food. It's so messy and blurry. I see a TV. I see a lot of TVs. I see toys. I see bunches of toys. The dad thinks that she's seeing them, and then the TV starts flickering. I see people, brothers. I'm pretty sure I think they're brothers. They're watching me. Her eyes shoot open, and Christy shrieks or screams or something, and then Leela is at the door behind them, saying that she can't sleep because they're making too much noise. Leela is then in his arms, and she sneezes, and on the tape, Christy says, bless you. So then we cut to footage of the dad showing Alice and Mom the next day the tape and being like, look, see, like, Leela sneezes, and then Christy says, bless you. And he says that he thinks that these people are watching them, and he knows that the tapes are from 20 years ago, but they can see what's happening here with us and with Leela. Which is a big logic leap. Like, not only is she saying, bless you, but she also like, is looking at Leela, 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 Leela and Stitch. She's looking at her like <laughs> as, she's, as she's being held by um, dad. As she moves around, you see her like her head following her and then the bless you part. So it's interesting. It's a cool idea. But the fact that these are on VHS tapes is what really throws me like if it was some sort of weird digital medium. And then it's like, oh, they're haunting the digital file, like the ring kind of. Uh, no, that's a video tape, too. I don't know. It's analog technology. So it makes it all creepy. So very creepy. I don't know how they're interacting if it's analog technology. If it was like. I'm thinking sinister. That's what I'm trying to think of is when like he like pauses the video and then like the video turns when it's paused or whatever to look at him. Well, it is bejeweled. So right? they are related. <laughs> and doesn't it happen because those are like even old. Those are, like super eight like reels. Yeah, but it's once he like puts it on the digital platform like it's. Didn't it do it on the tape a few times? On the, I mean, on, when he was actually watching it on the screen, on the like with the projector. <sighs> I don't know. It's been so long. I saw Sinister in theaters. When was that? <laughs> like 2012? More or less, yeah. And yes, yeah, so I think it does maybe once or twice. Like like he'll walk around like Bejeweled, like look at him, then look away or something. It was just like something. I'm calling it Bejeweled in that movie. That was Bagul. <laughs> I've gotten in your head. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, Bagul. This is cousin Bejeweled in the Paranormal Activity franchise. Yes, That's exactly. Gotta <laughs> uh, yeah. go all these quote-unquote demon straight in my head. 
Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, Lila's talking in her room again. She says, there's a door? Really? Where does it go? And I can go there? All I have to do is draw it? Okay. She goes and she grabs a marker and she starts drawing on her wall over top of her bed. We then cut to footage of the a ton of like old rune-like symbols that are drawn in the shape of a doorway above Leela's bed. It's reaching like six feet over her bed, so impossible for her to have reached. So clearly Toby was helping her with this. He was like, just pass me the marker, I'll do it. They make sure to show you the Deathly Hallow symbol. Yes, it, it's included in there. The dad is saying that he thinks that there's a pattern to it and that he's seen these symbols before. We then cut to nighttime and he says that he saw the symbol on the tapes and they were in the girls' room from the tape. He then shows a printout of the Deathly Hallow symbol. Drink, Deathly Hallows! Um, and says that... They don't lean on it that much in this movie. They don't. He says it's a symbol of the midwives' a coven. These midwives go all the way back to the Middle Ages. They were into devil worship. They would use symbols like this to open up the doorways to different places and times. They then hear a strange noise in Leela's room. She is standing by the French doors in her bedroom, which is like, why do you have French doors on a balcony that is easily accessible to a six-year-old in their bedroom? And like, why is this not like padlocked or something like that until they're older? This is just like a hazard. And also the, the three-mile-long hallway that they have to go into her bedroom is also kind of weird. Yeah, because their hall, their bedroom is down another hallway like that's like opposite. Not opposite it. Sorry. It's like around the corner from it. Yeah. It's like so You'll far. see you later like, when the mom comes out. It's like a pointless, it's just a long hallway to the end. Like, there's nothing else there. It's just, there's no doors off to the side. It's just a super duper long hallway. You know? I don't, it seems yeah. like poor architecture. These This, this coven it, isn't really good at building houses. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, for your child's bedroom, like, you would put them in the most easily accessible room to start with, like, and you keep them there till a certain age, and then you put them in the bigger bedroom. Okay, let's pull it back on track here. So, Leela is in her bedroom and she is standing by the French doors and she's playing one note continuously on her recorder and it's super eerie um, and her mom has to forcibly take the recorder away from her and she's in this trance-like state again. Leela starts panting very like fast like she's having a panic attack. They tuck her into bed and calm her down and ask what she was doing. She says, he's going to take me away. The mom starts panicking and she's asking who? Who's going to take you away? And then there's a thud from somewhere in the house and perhaps a bell. I thought I heard a bell. I'm not sure. They go out into the hallway and the chandeliers are swinging again. Drink. At least they didn't fall this time. Yes. And lights are flickering. The mom goes to check on Alice and the dad turns back towards Leela's room and sees the figure of a man standing in the hallway. He calls out asking if it's Mike and what he's doing. He starts slowly approaching and he sees the figure is wearing their dad's like old Santa costume and it's facing away from him, facing into Leela's room. He reaches out his hand to touch him and then the mom is coming up behind him and she's like, what are you doing? He turns around to her and when he turns back, the figure is gone. He's like, what? You didn't see? It. She didn't see it at all. So they go and check Leela's room. The French door then like moves on its own and the mom checks outside and says that there's nothing there. And just as she says that, something flies into the room. Drink. <laughs> they grab Leela and they run. The next day, the mom is calling for a priest. She's calling multiple places. She tells them that her house is haunted and like something's after her daughter. As I said, calls multiple places because I guess people are not believing her. Yeah, no one's having it at all. No, oh, that sounds nice. Anyway, bye. Yeah. Where's a demonologist we- from the first one? He should have came back. 
So he never showed up in that movie. He was a psychic, not a demonologist. The demonologist never showed up in the first movie. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they should have brought him in. Like I was supposed to help this couple a couple years ago with the similar something very similar. Huh? I wonder. Anyway, <laughs> but that was in San Diego, and they're in Santa Rosa. So he's like, nah, too far. Maybe he moved away. Uh, dude, come on, you, <laughs> with the, with the thin connections they're making to the other movies, they could have worked that in. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Remember, he was out of town. They didn't say where, how far he was. He could have just been in Santa Rosa where his other family lives or something. You know, we don't know. His <laughs> multiple family. Why does everyone always have multiple families? <laughs> I don't know. It seems to be seems to be a trope. This movie drink. Mm-hmm. Our headcanon trope. Exactly. <laughs> his demon family, his and his non-demon family. It, it could be so he's, he's a demonologist after all. It could be the way it works. Oh god. Okay. We cut to Leela. She's playing with a small nativity scene with her mom. And Leela says that Mary is going to have a special baby. The mom asks her if she remembers them coming into her room last night when she was playing the recorder. She says she doesn't remember. The mom asks again, who's going to take you away? She refuses to answer and she starts slamming the Mary figure on the table over and over again until the mom stops her. And she asks, where is he going to take you? And she says, to be with the others. (laughs) Oh, I have a note and I'm just like, I do hear that Nicole Kidman is quite nice. Others reference. Yeah. And I did like the movie, kind of, I guess. The others, I saw that when it first came out. So I was pretty young, like pre-teenage when it came out. And it we watched it like alone in our basement with all the lights turned off. So it, it creeped us out. We liked it. Remember, I, I was highly against that movie. Refused to watch it until... It was ruined for me. When I heard what the twist was, I'm like, oh, now I want to watch this movie. That's a cool twist. In this movie, uh, the priest comes over and his name is Father Todd. And so I guess Mike is filming this footage. The dad explains that the vintage camera picks up things that the other cameras don't. The priest confirms that nothing unusual, unusual was happening in the house before they started using the camera. The dad says that the same camera was on the tapes from 20 years ago. They then show him footage of their ghost encounters and then of Katie and Christy, like in their various tapes. The father asks if they think the Toby referred to by Grandma Lois on the tapes is the same one Leela is referring to. They confirm that, yes, they do. Then he asks, has she ever used another name for it? And they're like, no, it's always been Toby. And he explains that sometimes spirits will try to hide their own identities or like their true nature and use another name. If you know their name, you can cast them out or control them or something. That's the Conjuring universe, not this one. That was the Exorcist. Or, or maybe, yeah. I think it's the Exorcist as well. And, and I've been in the Harry Dresden books and the same thing happens there. Like if you use, like if you know the demon's name, you could like call him to do things. It's, so that's, I think that must be a thing. It must be a common thing, but yeah. apparently they decide not to use that in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, because Toby. We have Toby. It's fine. Yeah, but they don't use his name against him. I guess it's not his real name. Yeah, I don't know. yeah his name isn't Toby. It's it's something else. He says that it sounds like their daughter is being stalked by a demon or a demonic presence. They start freaking out and they want to leave. And he explains that demons do not haunt houses. They haunt people. So if you leave, it will follow. Drink. But still leave. But still leave and drink at the same time. Just don't drink and drive. <laughs> well, you didn't say drink what? It could be like me. I've been taking drinks of water this whole time because I didn't. You haven't gone into your black stock vodka. I have not gone into my my secret stash of liquor. No, I have not. <laughs> He says demons feed on fear. The more attention you give them, the stronger they grow. Drink, because that's been said before. Mm. The father asks to speak to Leela. He 
points out Leela has written Hunter on her chalkboard wall. And he asked if that name means anything to them. And they're like, no, why should it? And he's like, eh. He then like goes over to Leela and like is like, look, I'm going to put some water on your little teddy bear. And now I'm going to put some water on you. And he like blesses her with holy water. Nothing happens. She smiles at him creepily. And then she lunges at him and beats him. Well, I'm saying the holy water didn't really have an effect on her. She just kind of no, took it. Other than her smiling and biting. Well, yeah, she was going to do that probably anyway. I don't think the holy water either helped or hurt with that with that little act. <laughs> uh, we cut to the, the priest leaving and they're like, I can't believe she bit him. Uh, and then we cut to the dad showing Mike another tape. This one was filmed three days before they moved in. And it's a tour of their empty house with a man saying that it's a great space and they did a great job and like, blah, da, da. maybe it's ponytail on the tape. We're not sure. I'm going to say it is. We, we think it is, but we never see him. But no. they then call their realtor and they're asking for like the specific real estate agent they worked with, who's named Katie Hubbard. And they're like, uh, we never have had an employee by that name, like at this company. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, so like Katie's the one that's holding the house. Yeah, exactly. So, and they couldn't get Katie, the actress, to show up there for the the hour they probably would have needed her to film her scenes this week. I mean, this, with this that movie. huge budget, they just they didn't have the fifty bucks to give her for <laughs> her five minutes. You no, know? They, no, they were playing hardball this time. So we got budget, but we have to waste this on 3D ghosts later. So we can't give you gas money this time to come. Yeah, this is the only film that she does not appear in. Yeah. Well, she, oh, yeah, she kind of does because little Katie does. So they made up for yeah, it. Yeah, but adult Kate, first film that adult Katie does not appear in. Yes. They're going through their deed and they're discussing that um, they weren't even looking in this neighborhood when like Katie brought them here and they thought that this like deal on the house was too good to be true. Guess it was. They think that maybe it's the cult that set them up to like move here specifically. Then the mom decides to sleep on the floor of Leela's room and we get footage night number six, December 17th, 2013, 3.02 a.m. And I was like, December 17th, that's something. And then I realized it was my neighbor growing up's like birthday. Why do I remember these things? Anyways, happy birthday, Ali Neri. Um, <laughs> a dark mass appears beside uh, the camera in the hallway and then it crosses it and knocks the camera over. The dad goes and grabs the... Hmm? Before we get a little bit too far from this. Oh. All right. From what I'm thinking. All right. What kind of domino rally thing do they have to set up for them to show them this house and then to get them to buy this house? The, the kind of... The 4D chess they're playing to get them to purchase this house, the way they purchase this house is like... So they probably took them to a bunch of like rundown, terrible looking houses and then took them to this gorgeous house and were like, also... It's an insane deal. And maybe because they were the owners of the property to start with, like... Yeah, they could set that. They could set the whatever price they wanted. But they're like, we weren't even looking in this na- in this neighborhood. We weren't... There's a lot... They, they made it sound like this was, like, something they didn't want. And it was kind of, like, forced on them. Is what Mr. Man is... Um, <laughs> dad, a.k.a. Yes. Ryan, but yes, he's Ryan. just dad. <laughs> yes, um, is the way he's making it sound like, wow, we weren't even looking in this neighborhood. We didn't even like this house. We didn't want anything to do here. And here we are anyway. It's kind of like they made him do it, is what he's making it sound like maybe i watch too many like house hunter type shows but like there's a lot of times where the real estate agent's like okay so i know this isn't the neighborhood that you're looking for but you can get everything you've ever dreamed of in this neighborhood for a much better price and like it's just gonna be an extra 20 minute commute for you to work instead or like your child technically has to be in the next school district but like you get to move here and like it's so much nicer and it's cheaper it's actually in your budget and you can get all the things that you wanted but if you want all the things or like if you don't want those things then you can live in the neighborhood that you wanted 
this happens all the time on realtor shows. So I'm just like, eh, that seems pretty average. All I know is a house hunter joke. That's all I know. It's just like, and it's always like, oh, um, I am into beating and he makes puppets for a living and our budget is two million dollars back to this movie a dark mass appears beside the camera and then it crosses it and knocks the camera over the dad goes and he checks on the camera he grabs it he wakes up mom and asks if she heard the camera get knocked over and she's like no i didn't hear anything he goes and he's like checking the tent checks under the bed and when he comes back up from under the bed leela is awake and then the mom like tries to like tuck her back in and she says don't be scared mommy and then a toy goes off in her room starts like playing by itself like this christmas song so the mom goes and turns off the toy then the dad goes to check the hall and mike is in the living room asking what's happening and the dad says that he can see something Something right behind Mike and it's like the mass is like slowly like peering behind Mike like and like raising above him and then I guess it touches him because he feels it and then he like Mike flips and like runs away from it and the mass like goes shooting up uh, Mike says that he felt it on his neck and then they continue with the camera like looking around to like find it they see it by the tree and then the mom like calls down to them and asks what's happening and they yell up at her to stay upstairs, lock the door, because you know, ghosts can't make it through doors. No, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Like they have to look for the key and then turn the knob. It's just, it's it's a whole to do. Every single time they try to touch the knob, their hand just, you know, goes through it and they're like, Oh fuck, can't open the store. <laughs> can't turn the knob. Oh, I guess I just, just leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yes. Mike felt it. Uh, they see that the figure is now by the Christmas tree. They tell them to lock the doors because he can't get through doors. Um, and then the thing charges at them and they go and they run into the kitchen and go to hide behind the kitchen island. And Mike's complaining that he should like next time he's going to stay with his mom. I don't know how the kitchen island was going to be a good idea. Yeah, I know. It didn't make any sense to me. And also it didn't make any sense. <sighs> So they're describing where the thing is, but where they actually, like the digital image of where they put the thing is, it's not there. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, he's, so he looks up over, oh, sorry, they hear a glass shattering distantly. And then he like pulls the camera around the corner or like above the counter and the mass is like at the other side of the counter and like puts like one hand on each side and then like starts raising up above the counter. And he's like, it's in the doorway. It's almost <laughs> in. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, no, it's, no, it's like right there. You're lying to your brother. And then he goes and he looks and like it starts like coming around the corner of the island. He's like, oh, my it's now in the kitchen. It's like moved through the doorway. I'm like, dude, what? Well, I guess it's true. It is in the kitchen and it has moved through the doorway. It just did it five minutes ago, but still. It- yeah, exactly. He then like tries to go along the other side to see if it's coming along the other side. There's nothing, but then like all the cabinets burst open, drink. And we get the worst angle of it. The best scare in part two right? yeah. is done in this one again, which is great, but they didn't really show it. You hear them jump. You hear a loud noise. They jump, and then when they look back at the at the camera, I mean, at the kitchen, through the camera, there it is, um, you just see all the cabinets open. So, lame, but whatever. Then nothing else really happens. Oh, they leave, right? They leave, and like, that's it. We cut to the dad the next day watching the tape of Ponytail from the start of this movie, telling Katie she's going to take care of her sister and a lot of others because the line changes, which is annoying. I noticed this as I'm reading it now, because in this version, he says, and a lot of others, because the two of you are going to help us find other special people just like you. Before the line was, you're going to 
help your sister and a lot of others. There's a special girl out there, a lot like you, and he's going to bring her to us. So they changed the line. Don't know if that's like maybe some directors cut a thing. mistake in editing. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if that's a mistake in editing or if that's them trying to be like, oh, look, the tape changed again. Because these tapes are haunted, but Ghoul shows them how to haunt the tapes. Uh, the dad frantically looks through a book before rewinding the tape to just before Dennis's death. And then Katie's all demon facey at the bottom of the stairs. He's like, what the fuck? And like goes to watch it again because I guess he hasn't seen that part before. And I'm like, if he got to the part where um, Ponytail's talking to the girls, he should have watched all the rest of that. Like, is he watching it? Because it was all part of one tape. And I'm so confused. Can I ask why the cult kept on recording this and had Christy taking notes if somebody were recording it or Katie taking notes? It's their like going to be their intro video. Like, (laughs) hey, do you want to join a cult? Here's what we do. So we believe in, we believe in Bagul and Toby. Yeah, they're just making their own documentary. The cults like to do that sometimes. That's why uh, they have so much footage of Keith Raniere from Nexium, because he's like, we should make a documentary about how amazing we are. And then it's like, oh, sex cult, terrible things. We have all this footage. Let's use it for other documentaries about how terrible it was. I know these people don't really seem that forward thinking i mean i would argue that they don't need to be forward thinking because they can just see into the future yeah so another reason they don't need cameras they have like a, they can like just see what they want to see like it's like game of thrones kind of I, I stopped watching game of thrones pretty early on oh i wish i had but i, I stuck it through There's, i almost jumped off the train a couple times and i kind of wish i would have i i feel like i missed nothing in life i feel good raj explained like the ending to me one day and i'm like ah okay cool that sounds like it sucks no no I feel like you did the right choice. No, I'm totally with you on that one. No, I'm, I'm more mad at myself for not for not listening to myself. <laughs> Anyways, the dad shows the footage to the mom, and she's all like, "What the fuck?" He and he says, "I think it was Toby that broke his back. Seems like he's getting bigger and more powerful. What if they put him here to kill us, like they did that guy?" The mom says that they should take the tape to the police. He's like, you think they can help? And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck are the police going to do? You like have been seeing a supernatural being on this tape doing things. What do you think the police are going to do about it? They're going to act like the dad in part four, like, wow, you kids and your special effects. Oh, man, so great. Wow, this is awesome. It's not police work. Maybe they could investigate the murder from 1988. And even then. Even then, it's just... What's going to happen? They're like, oh, okay. It looks like that guy broke his own back. <laughs> well, this lady watched. And they stole his children, apparently. And the, the floating yeah. mom oh, would show up. So she probably would have gotten the kids anyways, because she's probably next of kin. Yeah, I don't know. But but they actually go to the cops in this movie. In theory, they never talk about it afterwards. No, they only go to the cops in this movie so they can have the missing child poster for Hunter, a.k.a. Wyatt. Yeah, exactly. A.k.a. John Walker. I have questions about that poster, but okay. Um, She's like, he's like, don't you think they'll think we're crazy? And she's like, who gives a fuck if they think we're crazy? This is fucking crazy. So then we cut to Mike and dad and they're going to the police, I guess, and leaving the mom and Leela at home. Don't know why they don't all, they should just all go to the cops. Right. But no, they're going to leave the mom alone with the demon child. And they're like, Alice will be home soon. We cut to Leela playing in her bedroom. She's like playing tea. 
The mom tries to get her to come play downstairs instead, and she goes, no, I'm fine here. The mom suggests that they get out of the house, play on the seesaw, and then the kid says, this is where I want to be now. The mom's begging to go downstairs, and she's like, I said I'm fine. And then something moves down the hallway, like on the hallway footage, so like you can see that like something's moving and like, so it's daytime, and you can see the reflection of the windows on the floor, like the light and something moves past it and then as it moves down the hallway you can no longer see the light from each window as it moves and then a figure actually comes up through the floor and then enters the bedroom I'm assuming. The mom says that she doesn't want to be in this room so let's go downstairs and she says mommy I said I'm fine here and the mom's like that's enough we're going downstairs right now. Leela turns to watch something enter the room Then she smiles and starts giggling. She turns back to her mom and says, I'm fine here. There's a low rumbling noise and the mom and Leela both look towards the door. Mom asks if there's someone in there with them in the room and she gets up and leaves the room and grabs the camera from the hallway. She walks back to Leela's room and as she does, she sees a black shadowy figure standing beside Leela beside the bed. It looks towards the mom and the bedroom door slams shut on its own. The mom tries to open the door, but it won't open. And she starts banging on it and yelling for Leela to open the door. After a moment, it does open and Leela is alone in the room. The mom ushers Leela out of the room and she wordlessly gets up and leaves right away. Uh, She also screams, leave my daughter alone, which was originally my ring reference that I was going to make. Leave him alone. (laughs) But anyways... Um, we already got it in so we're fine we already got it in but you know double whammy i just felt like i would throw that in there (laughs) we cut to the dad looking through all the vhs tapes and he's trying to find a specific one alice comes in and she says that the mom and leela are resting in the mom's room and then the dad shows alice a missing poster for hunter ray that they found at the station and this is my problem why is it a missing poster for hunter ray and not for wyatt hunter ray is also missing he is also missing but it's a picture of the child we know as wyatt from paranormal activity 4 it's him like at six years old missing and then it says hunter ray on it so did they did bejeweled show them the tapes so that they got that and they know now that he's actually hunter Based on what Katie said, like there's no actual, they never like have documented proof. It's just that Katie says that he's Hunter Ray. So they're going to trust this mad woman who's killing everyone and be like, yeah, okay, sure. So this adopted kid was Hunter Ray. And we're going to put that on the poster instead. And it does say last seen in Nevada. So like it is referencing that. I don't get it. It's just a huge giant plot hole right here. And I don't like it. Well, you know, this movie isn't airtight. I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> the, way, the way the series been going. Yeah. But like they were doing so good to fill in the holes and then they did this. Well, there are only so many holes. There's only so much this man can do. He's, he's only one man. The cops have been looking for her for years, is what the dad says. Uh, and the dad finally finds the right tape and he puts it on and it's Ponytail with Hunter. He explains to Alice that this tape is from 1992. So the kid wasn't even born yet, but he's on this tape. Alice is like, how did he get there? And this is where I go, clearly it was time magic. You need to go and find Jane Chatwin, the Watcher Woman, and ask her all about that, Alice. Come on now. Don't you know? 
Well, Diego and his friend go through, go back in the Portland Park Live. <laughs> Jesse, that's what it is. Jesse. Yes, but I'm just saying, because my theory is that this is Alice undercover. She should know right now, like, oh, this is time magic. So we need to go <laughs> and discuss this with this person who is the expert on time magic. Well, in my limited magicians watching, I think Alice would have been able to handle this a lot sooner. Than she yeah, exactly. I mean, Alice usually fucks everything up in the end, like, because she thinks she's smarter than everyone else and then ends up fucking things up. But well, here she is more than everybody else. That's true. She has a type that she plays. But anyways, <laughs> the dad thinks that Hunter and Leela have the same birthday. And this is where Toby is going. That means that this is where Toby was going to take their daughter, Leela. We then cut to Leela pretty well inside of the fireplace. She's just like her head is like almost up the fireplace. So Alice goes and asks her what she's doing. Is she waiting for Santa Claus? And this is where I I am like, oh, I guess this is after you helped him escape from the library. Good job, Alice. I'm so glad that you helped Santa Claus escape. That was a plot point on The Magicians, my friends. If you have not watched it, please do. It's a great show. Just don't watch season five. <laughs> Leela then turns to her and very coldly says, get away from me. Then she goes back into the fireplace and Alice is like, what the fuck? We then cut to the dad putting the old camera back in Leela's room because they need to keep an eye on her, quote unquote. He's saying that Father Todd said that he'll come back to help. And we cut to the footage of night number seven, December 18th, 2013, 2.15 a.m. The mobile in uh, Leela's room starts moving again. And then the wall starts moving and cracking. Leela wakes up as the wall cracks open into like a portal. It looks like a tunnel that leads into a light the child and there's a child's voice and it says leela come play with me she walks through the portal and a shockwave comes through and knocks over the camera the parents come into the room and they can't find leela they start searching the entire house and the power's out i think because everybody yeah, they all have flashlights yeah yeah so yeah. i'm thinking that whatever that boom was and not the camera down also like the power out yeah they're all running around mike's running around too with his flashlight and then they hear a strange noise coming from leela's room and they run back and she's in bed they start asking her if she's okay where was she, etc. And she says, I'm going to set him free, daddy. They then decide that they're leaving because no one listens to the priest and they're like, fuck this place, we're leaving. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leah, Leah's like fighting and screaming and saying that she's not going. But she's sick, so they carry her out. We cut to daytime. Mike and Alice are back at the house. They're getting things and they discuss that the place feels different. It doesn't feel as bad in there. They say that they shouldn't call the parents. They should leave them alone at the hotel and let them rest. Alice keeps asking if Mike sees anything through the camera, and then they notice a crack in the wall um, above Leela's bed that they don't remember. Alice then finds drawings Leela made in the closet of like a, a demon face with lots of eyes and horns. They go downstairs into the dad's office, and Alice starts looking over. She's like, he was going crazy. He's been doing all this research, so many books, like all this shit that he printed out. And she's reading it all over and she finds a similar picture of a demon to the one that Leela had drawn. And it says Revelations 5-6. The slain lamb will be used against God for the blood of the chosen ones will taint it and help give life to one of the seven princes of hell. Each prince shall return through the blood of the two born of the same moon. And she's like, that's Leela and Hunter. So is this Paimon from like Hereditary or something? <laughs> I don't know. I just, demon lore always, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> or is this, um, uh, what was, uh, what, I don't, why do I not remember the exorcist one now? Pazuzu? Pazuzu. <laughs> no. I'm like, why do I not remember Pazuzu? 
Is it Pazuzu? I think so, isn't it? You know, it is Pazuzu, the name of what you said, but like, is this movie Pazuzu? Because we don't know what <laughs> Toby's real name is. He came on, the yeah. Pazuzu, the Gary, we don't know. His real name is Tobias, and he was once part of the Blue Man Group. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that works. It fits. So uh, Alice says, what if the witches are using them in some kind of ritual to give Toby a human body? Like, these people really know how to make jumps that just seem to actually be exactly what's happening in this movie. Yeah, I would almost call it bad script writing, but what do I know? <laughs> what do you know? Not, no. Well, these people are just super smart. <laughs> yes. Well, it's Alice. I guess I give her a pass, but still. <laughs> they hear a door open in the house, and then they leave the room, and they find that the front door is open, but Mike says that he locked it behind them. There's no one there, but they hear a bang from upstairs. They go up, and Leela's bedroom door is closed. Alice thinks that she left it open. So they head over to Leela's room, they open the door, and Leela is standing on her bed, and she's tearing at the wall. Alice pulls her back, and she growls, and then continues to claw at the air in a trance. Mike notices that the crack in the wall is now glowing. Alice keeps asking Leela where her mom and dad are. Her hands are bloody and she says, I am the bringer of he. She then lunges back at the wall to claw making animal noises. Drink. Uh, Drink. The father, Todd, comes and he's asking Leela if he can look at her hands. He asks, she just showed up here. And the dad's like, yeah, we were at a hotel six miles away. And the mom says, we went to sleep for two minutes and then she was gone. We have no idea how she got here. The father asks to chat with the mom and dad alone and Alice takes the catatonic Leela away. The priest says that he talked to someone from outside the church and there is only one way to save their daughter. But he has serious reservations about what they proposed. And I'm like, who'd he talk to? Ponytail? Like, I, nah, he talked to Abuela. Like, listen, you go, we go to the supermarket, we get some eggs, right? We get some eggs. And uh, <laughs> we'll put it on the body. And that'll fix everything. Oh, they talked to Maria, Martha, Maggie, Marge. I still don't remember her name. Magdalena. I don't remember her name. They and talked I'm to not her. And I got the old notebook. It's gone. No, no. no we look forward. We don't look back. So they, yeah. they talk to her and they're like, just throw olive oil on everything and you'll be all right. <laughs> we have to do something or else we'll end up like Hunter and Ray and his family, says the dad. So Father Todd says, an exorcism is a remedy for someone who is possessed. And I do not think that's what's happening right here. We need an extermination. Which I think he just made that up on the fly. He's just Right? I'm like, you're going to exterminate the child? What's happening here? You're going to murder this child? Like, yeah. That would have solved the problem. I'm just saying. Yeah, probably. And they seem to be pretty far gone. <laughs> we got to them, the father's in the master bedroom, and he's telling them that they need to soak sheets in holy water. It will subdue the demon and protect them against him. I do have a question before before we get a little bit too far. At any point in this movie, do you think they even have a chance? No matter what they do? No. Isn't this bad? Just like, there is no drama in this movie because at no point after you've seen three of these movies of of Toby winning, do you ever think Toby's not going to win here too? Fair, but like, don't you feel that way when you watch, I don't know, Friday the 13th or Halloween or any of that? Like, you're just like, he always comes back. Maybe because I don't care about these people, so I didn't care if they lived or died. Maybe it was that. Maybe that's what it was. (sighs) You're just like, nah. I like the dad, but no one else. And I'm like, I like Alice. You don't like her for her. You like her for for her other show. Absolutely. But as I said, headcanon, this is Alice. Okay, back to this. So he's like, yeah, we're going to soak sheets in holy water and that will subdue him. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think so, buddy. But okay, sure. Sure, sure. You do you. You do you. Screw Who am I to say no? Go for it. <laughs> he then says Layla was born on June 6, 2005, right? 
that's the sixth day of the sixth month of the sixth year. And then I just have, what? Why is that the sixth year? 2005? Because they're counting 2000 as year one. Okay, sure, sure. I'm not saying it's good, right? <laughs> just, let's just take this back. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that's the logic of it. Because that's a big debate. Like, what's the first year? The 01 or double zero? Maybe not a big debate, but it's a debate. That's, I've been in bars and hurt. <laughs> It's new to me, and I say that that's stupid. <laughs> like, when, when did the millennium start? 2000 or 2001? Because it depends when you started counting a thousand years. Because if you started at zero or 1000, I should say, then it would have been a one day. And if you started at 01, then it would have been a one. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's a debate. Yeah, so I'm going to call bullshit. The sixth day of the sixth month of the sixth year was 2006, June 6th. 2006. That is, that is when AFI dropped their album because of it. <laughs> oh, I forget what album that was. Misheard. That was the Omen released. Yeah, make released exactly. on 666. Yeah, I get it. So, bro, I don't know. This guy, I don't think he's a real priest. I'm just going to say it. Oh, what tipped it off? What tipped you off? Like, just when I was shocked he came back. I thought he was going to pull a thing like, I'll be back and never show up again in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, he's like, it's 666. I believe this is no coincidence. She is part of a prophecy. The witches on those tapes, the midwives, I think their job is to give demons life, to allow them to walk the earth. They targeted your daughter to help them do so. We need to trap this thing using your daughter as bait. None of this sounds like a good idea. No, I think that this guy smoked a bowl of meth before he came here. Like, I just... Nice too mellow for that. Anyway. But still, um, he did something. <laughs> so then they're downstairs. He says, downstairs, we're going to draw the key of Solomon. Once the demon is lured inside the trap, we're going to cover it with sheets and burn it back to hell. We cut to Alice drawing out a pentagram on the floor and the father is making them pour salt all around the perimeter. Everything in the house starts shaking. They get Leela and they put her in the circle. Her eyes turn black and she says, he knows what you're doing. And the power goes out. Then there's chaos. Can't lie. That part was creepy as hell when she was like, he knows what you're doing. I'm like, ooh, creepy. I like this. Yes, I did like that too. It was definitely really good creepy child trope. It Remind me of other good horror movies where they utilize the children in a creepy and good way. And then everybody dies. Yeah, there's just chaos that starts. And then we cut to footage of the father. He's bleeding from the mouth and a black arm wraps around his neck and pulls him back. He's dead, I assume. And the pictures fly off the walls. Furniture flies at them, knocking them out of the salt circle. A demon materializes and charges at them. But then he falls into the casting circle and gets stuck there. It growls at them and like, this is the part where you said that you thought that it looked very 3D. And I say that it looks like the Dark Mark from Harry Potter meets Voldemort from Harry Potter. That is what this effect looks like to me. And I'm going to say, sure. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. One day you'll understand. <laughs> Can I say it looks like the ghosts from the Lord of the Rings and Return of the King, that whole ghost thing also kind of looks like them. It's that mixed with the Dark Mark and Voldemort. And the face looks like Bejeweled. Bejeweled to me. A little bit. A little bit too. It's just like the love child of all these things. It all fits. And the effects are halfway decent considering I haven't seen effects in these movies until now. Yeah, they, they were pretty decent. So it's trapped in the circle. The dad tells Mike to get the sheets. He puts them over it and it starts crying and smoldering underneath the sheet. They recite prayers until it disappears. And Layla comes back to them 
and she's asking what happened and they're like oh yay everything's solved it's great and then they turn to Alice and her face is super fucked up yeah <laughs> and then she just vomits acid at Mike and it like burns his face and chest and like he's dying so does Alice live or not is the question that's the real question because that's the last we see of Alice is her vomiting acid and her face was super fucked up so I'm gonna say that I think the acid ate her from the inside out and she's dead so then Leela runs away upstairs and the mum and dad follow and a black arm reaches through the dad's chest and grabs at the camera then flings him back dad's dead mum runs into Leela's room and sees the portal above the bed but no Leela and then the demon's following her from the hallway so she goes into the portal and the footage briefly cuts out just like it did for what was his name? Oh no, Umberto. Hector. Hector. I got the I got the H right. Uh, I was going to call him Jorge, and I'm like, that's a J name. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Anyways, she goes into the portal, and then she comes out into Julie and Dennis's old house in the girls' room. She hears Leela laughing downstairs and runs downstairs after her. There's no one there. She hears chairs slide across the floor, and then the hanging light starts swaying. Drink! Oh, man. I was going to say for chairs sliding on the floor, but still. Uh, for both of them, I would say double drink. Waterfall. <laughs> Until it stops. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you can drink the rest of the movie now. It never stops. Yeah, exactly. Uh, lights are flickering, and then a child is laughing and running along the ceiling. <laughs> like, not, like, upside down on the ceiling. Like, it's as if there's, like, another level there, but there isn't another level there, so... That's kind of what Kristen yeah. was doing in part two, right? No, part three? No, Kristen? There, but there was, um... There was a ledge that she was running on. No, but then she jumped off of it. Remember? Like, she would jump off of it, and then, like, then they would show where she would go to, then she would just come up the stairs? Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Unless that wasn't the version I saw. I, I think I've seen that before, so... Okay. I, I realized after we talked that I had, the first time I watched it, I had seen the director's cut. So oh, okay. I have seen the version that you're talking about. It's just not the one that I took notes on. Ah, oh, got it. So, like sometimes you were describing things. I'm like, yeah, this is vaguely familiar, but I have no notes on this. And I swear I was sober when I wrote these. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the drinking was happening. You know, the wine. Not much else to do in these movies. I mean, now I'm drinking and I've, I've run out of wine. <laughs> <laughs> a new bottle time. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> There's a child running along the ceiling. She like walks through the house. Then she sees it standing in silhouette down the hallway. And she's like calling out, where, where's my daughter? Where's Leela? And the child says, you're too late. She's like, what have you done with her? And she says, the darkness, it's coming. It's funny because <laughs> when I saw that child, I thought it was Leela. It was too big. Really? Yeah. She, she was like a little blonde girl to me. So I'm like, little blonde girl, sure. No, she had darker hair and she was too tall. But she says the darkness is coming. And then I'm just like, really? Are they going to sing my favorite song? They might. I believe in a thing called love. Just the same rhythm of heart. <laughs> yeah, extra songs today. Extra songs. I fucking love the darkness and that song. And I don't know if you remember the music video for that. But it is amazing. It is truly incredible. He's in like a low cut Elvis jumpsuit and then they're in space and then an octopus attacks their spaceship and they defeat it with their guitars that shoot out laser beams. It's a thing. It's great. I don't think I've ever seen this because that sounds like stuff I would remember. I highly recommend everybody if you have not seen the I Believe in a Thing Called Love music video from The Darkness, go watch it. It's a great time. I'm not just saying that. I make people watch it all the time. They're like, this is amazing. Why am I not seen this. <laughs> so, yeah, just the, the, the short description, like, hmm, I should see this. It is truly incredible. Plus, I love that song. <laughs> so, she hears the girl laugh as she walks down the hall around the corner. 
the mom follows, but she doesn't see anyone around the corner, just like a dark doorway and more and she hears more laughing. She walks through the doorway and then turns on the light and she's in the garage and she sees two girls. It's Christy and Katie and they have the blacked out eyes. She asks, where is my daughter? They say, you're too late, Emily. It's done. He's real now. She says, no, you tell me where she is. And then the door slams behind her. And when she she turns to look at it and then she turns back and the girls are gone. She sees blood dripping on the garage floor through the ceiling. And then a doll falls behind her. She looks through the garage some more and then she finds Leela who appears with blood on her chin and a super creepy look on her face. The mom hugs her, asking if she's okay, and she says, I'm okay, mummy. They just needed one drop of my blood. He's alive now, mummy. He's real, just like you and me. The mom hears something, and she, like, grabs her and Leela, and they both go to cower in the corner. And then a human foot, surrounded in black smoke, steps in front of the camera. He walks towards them and runs a hand along the mom's face, then growls and grabs her by the neck and lifts her up as a child run past, runs past the camera. Drink! And giggles. He then breaks her neck. Drink! <laughs> killing her. Then he throws her, her body at the camera. Drink! Drink! Yes, you got it. We see Leela. She's approached by this man and she says, hi, Toby, and takes his hand and walks off. A hand then comes down over the lens of the camera. The end. Hopefully for good. <laughs> All right. How do we fix this movie, Jeff? I'm not even sure it's possible. I need more Alice. That, that's all, all. Well, yeah, don't, don't have um, the only actress has done things in this movie and that's in your movie. Banish for about three quarters of this movie and then do nothing while she's there. Exactly. I need more Alice. I need that whole entire subplot where they find out that Hunter's missing and they realize it's Chrissy's. I need that explained further or changed completely. They just need to toss it. It's not even fake. Just don't even t- don't even bring it up. Show Hunter on one of these tapes and that's it. Just have one of the characters look at the audience and wink or whatever. <laughs> we just got to cut to Bejeweled and he's like, winky face, yeah. <laughs> nudge, nudge, you get it? You get it? Get it? Yeah, because they only did this for us. They didn't do it for the people in the movie. They did it for us. Make me care about the daughter because really she got possessed and I could have, I don't know if there was a way for me to care less about her because she was barely in the movie and then all of a sudden she's acting weird. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. She doesn't even fight the possession or the whatever. Like she doesn't, you know. At least Hunter was like, "No, I'm not. I'm Wyatt, not Hunter." And like, you know, like, and they had a little kid like kind of go double spy into his house and then try to convert him or whatever. So it's kind of it was different. It's just like her imaginary friend makes her want to be possessed for reasons. <laughs> Does she not like her family? I guess there's another one. Like I don't care about these people, and I care about Alice because I've seen her magicians. And I've seen her in other stuff, but I don't, if, like, if I, if it just picked blonde girl that I've never seen before, I wouldn't care. Yeah, I agree with you there. It was, I was just invested with her based on everything else she's done. <laughs> her character just based on this movie is nothing, is, is nothing. The mom, I guess, doesn't become willfully ignorant as long as they do in the other movies, but I still don't care. Like, yeah, the mom is barely in this, except for when she's ignoring things that are happening. We're talking about her Bible. Um, the dad is like the main character of this, I guess. Yeah, he's but the most main character of the movie. As I said, he's pretty mad, except for when he's gross. <laughs> and then the Mike is the second guy that's in this the most, and he's just mm, problematic. Yeah, he's problematic is the best way to put it. 
the dad, at least the dad, but you know what? He's he's worried about his kid. So you, that's what kind of why, what I, why I attach to him. Well, he cares and he's trying to do the right thing. He just doesn't know what the right thing is. Like, at least in this movie, he's, they're not willful. Like the last movie, they were willfully looking for their death. They're making, they're doing everything possible to die. This one, it's like something's going on and I don't know what it is. And these tapes are weird. Yeah. And there's just so many leaps that they make. Like, as you were saying, it's just like, oh, they know exactly what's happening for the plot line of this movie and are able to tell us so they can fill in the blanks. But no human would logically make these jumps themselves. No one would make these logic leaps at all, but they do because they have to. The writer's doing enough heavy lifting as it is just trying to connect as much as he's trying to connect from this ramshackled lore <laughs> that every writer and director just added to and changed all willy-nilly. And this guy does too because all of a sudden now the Catholic uh, iconography stuff, now it's like uh, becomes an exorcism movie at the end, all the blue, when it was just like a random demon or a ghost or, or something and then a coven and then a cult and then like now it's like Bibles are getting burned and and crucifixes getting buried when that didn't have an effect either good or bad before or even brought up. Yeah, that that whole subplot was very strange to me and it, it was just so that they could turn it into an exorcism movie. There was good things about this movie too though. Like I, I did appreciate being able to see the ghost slash demon instead of it just being like staring at nothing and then waiting for a door to kind of move. Like... That, that was nice to have the visual. Um, things started sooner. Way sooner. You never ask why are they recording because they kind of are recording just so that they can see what's going on. Yeah. So it's like, all right, it makes logical sense why they would carry this lumbering camera around from 1988 on their shoulders because they kind of have to because if not, they're blind to what, to the situation, which, all right, hey, you, you did it. Found footage movies, some, this is where they mainly stumble in my eyes is like, because when, when she gets real, you're not going to be caring about where your camera is. Yeah, exactly. So there are things that were good about it i do appreciate like as i said before that they tried to fill in the holes of the lore of this plot but at the same time the whole christian take on it for this movie was just unnecessary yeah it was point it, it didn't add anything to the plot or to the lore or to the whatever of this movie it didn't help it it didn't hurt it but it didn't help it they should have leaned a little bit more into like the video the videotapes from the past looking at the present yeah i mean like as much as we're like okay i have problems with this but like at the same time it was cool like, it's a cool idea that they should have played with a little bit more than they did. Maybe it was just like, oh, instead of her being so vague, their brother's like, man, I see a guy. His name is Ryan and Mike. And they're drinking PBR. PBR <laughs> I don't know. And they're watching my mom trying to have sex with her boyfriend. This is strange. You know, something like it'd be more specific. They're being very, very general, you know. Yeah. Have her looking at them. Like maybe like they're looking at the TV, but she's looking at them like through the TV or whatever. You know, just like. Yeah, that would have been creepy if she was like black eyes staring at them yeah Oof. and as they move she like follows them you know stuff like that would have been cool yeah. but um i still think my very best fix for this franchise would have been to make mm-hmm. an anthology franchise don't keep just it, think about this i way. completely agree with that if you took all six movies yeah on their own and just remove the connections to each other i think they're better movies mm-hmm. it, the connection could be the demon itself like it's the same demon that keeps on haunting all these different people in different situations but it doesn't the cult, the coven, the whatever, 
it loses me every time. Because they almost sometimes they, I think they feel like they were just like scripts that were already written and they just mm. kind of did whatever they could to tie it in to the, the lore as it is. Because it's not even lore. I, I don't know. I don't know what this loose interpretation of lore is because they didn't care about it that much. Yeah. It was like, as I said with the Saw series, where they're like, we have a Saw Bible. And they're like, we already wrote this plot. And they're like, let's throw the Bible off the window. Screw it. Here, they don't even think they had a Bible. They were like, it has a demon, period. What, anything else? No, nah, that's it. Cool. All right. So, <laughs> Now it's a coven. Is that all right? Sure. <laughs> now it's 1988. Fine. <laughs> that was the best part about it. <laughs> anyway. All right. What do you rate this film? Three. Wow. Okay. Ideas. Yeah, because it's like it's not as bad as the tools I rated earlier. Like, no, I'm just surprised that you're at three because you were like consistently three throughout all of them. The only one you rated two was the second movie. Yeah, like, they're very blah. Like, they're not offensive. And they all have something to... They, well, besides that one, they all have something to save them. Like, all right, um, this one... It has some cool ideas. I like the camera thing where you can see the demon, even though it looked like the demon from Crimson Peak. Like, it had stuff. That, 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 that could bump it up a little bit for me. But. Bump it up? Like, but you're usually out of three, so... Like, it saves itself from the two area. Like, all right, I'm like, all right, because they're not they're functional movies, so I can't go one. It's just like, all right, fine. I'm not I'm not actively angry at this movie. So it hangs out at two territory most of the thing. And then I'm like, man, that's a cool idea that they should have done a little bit more with. Wow, that's cool. Like this one had enough. Like the last movie really just had the last ten minutes. It wasn't mm-hmm. for that or fifteen or whatever it was. The one before that, uh, had a good actress that saved as much of the movie as she possibly could. Three was the good one. <laughs> and and one one, I guess I hated Mika. I don't know. Maybe one I should rate a little bit lower. Fair enough. Um but as a franchise, I might have to go like a two on the franchise. If like if seeing it all now together as a whole, it's not enough. It's Oh, I completely agree with that. Okay. Well, let me start with this film I actually rated higher, way higher than you. I rated this one a six. Oh wow. Okay. I, I was interested throughout and I was interested that they were trying to patch the lore together and I wanted to know what was happening. And I would like I wasn't completely bored watching this movie. Like the last one we watched I was so bored throughout the entire movie. And this one, I wasn't bored at any point. I told you, but like the thing that sucked the most about this movie was my note taking that like my hand was hurting because I had too much to write down because they were covering too much ground. (laughs) So the, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I liked, as I said, being able to actually see the demon. There were some parts that were kind of creepy. I love Alice and will always love Alice. (laughs) So it it got a six for me. And so that brings our general ratings to a 40% for this series. I I think you might just talk me up to a four, actually. Now that I think about it, there's a little bit, yeah, like I wasn't thinking about how much they tie into everything else. I think you might talk me up to a four on this one. Yeah, right. I gave the last one a three. And this is better than the last one. So I might have to. Yeah, I'm gonna bump it up to a four. I'll be nice. I'm happy that it's over. You know, <laughs> it gets an extra point for being over. <laughs> happy it's done. But no, it was. It had yeah, it had a little bit more going on. And even though I was bored because I checked how much time is left, a bunch of times watching this movie. That is my gauge when I check. Like, how much time is left? It's all, I've only been here twenty minutes. Jesus Christ! It's not even been an hour yet. I remember me thinking that one specifically. Like, I haven't even been here an hour. Oh. <laughs> It was a long movie. The stuff happens is not interesting stuff. Yeah, like it's an hour and a half of a movie. So it, it felt like an hour and a half at some points. I, I will admit that. But I wasn't. It was just the last one. Like I was 15 minutes in. And I'm like, I'm fucking bored. I'm 20 minutes in. Is it over yet? Like, 
It was just like at every moment, I'm like, can it just be done, please? And then the last 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, it's getting interesting. And then it's over. <laughs> is this the first movie where like the person, the victim in this movie, which is the possessed person, isn't putting up any kind of like fight and just like willingly giving them so- themselves over to it? Yeah, I guess. Because Christy did put up a little bit of a fight. She's like, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. Oh. But then yeah, she gets she, into it. Yeah, because she loved because she came from a loving home. She, she liked she loved her her actual mom and her what? mom's boyfriend. Leela didn't. Apparently not, because the guy was like, "Hey, I got candy here. Screw these people. You can go. Like I'm, I'm trying to get up out of here." <laughs> oh Lord. Well, since you upped it to four, that brings the series to a forty point eight three percent. So let's round it to forty one percent for this series. Do you think that holds true, or you think it's even less? Oh God. Than that? Oh God, no. It doesn't hold true. This is like, like I said, as if. Looking at the whole franchise as a whole, together, all these six movies, this is clearly, to me, a two. It's a two overall. Even though I went threes and fours the whole way around, like no, you're you're threes the whole way around. Oh, wait, let me let me see what your average is and what my average is. Yours yeah. is. I think I think it's that one, the one breaker, the three being so high rated by both of us is what's ruined. Is what's so your average is thirty five percent. Yeah, and it's mainly because of part three. Because part three, I think I went like six or something. It's ridiculous. I'm a 46%. Trying to think of it right now as an entire franchise. When I think the hard thing about me trying to think about this, like in so, when we were doing Saw, right? It was like, all right, this is so much going on. I get confused as to what happens when here is like so much little oh, cool, it happened. I don't remember what it was. Uh, like I, what I was saying was um, we were watching Saw. It was like, oh man, so much stuff is happening. I can't figure out where, what happened where. Here is like nothing happened. So I don't remember what happened. No, I completely agree. Like watching the entire series, I, I was not interested for most of these movies and I the only reason that I gave them higher marks than you I like I gave two a three and compared to your two um and that was because I knew it set up things for movie three and then I gave the fourth movie a four I can't remember why I gave it the extra point but remember I I gave it an extra point for something (laughs) for something I don't remember what it was now it's on my head but yeah Yeah. because I know I gave an extra point too and it was basically because of the girl from Freaky yeah I think it was like her acting or something I don't know I gave an extra point for something but now like me like days like weeks later after watching it I'm like no that's that's lower than a four for me it was not very interesting and then yeah, like the girl made it interesting because she does such a great job selling the bs they give her to sell it's it ropes you in like, all right. feels better as you're watching it than, than it actually is. and that's all credit to her all credit to the actress's name which i don't remember who she is her name now but she did an amazing job mm-hmm. and then i gave uh the marked ones a three because of the last 10 minutes yeah same, same deal here three because of the last yeah. 10 minutes because that was in two territory hard body until the last 15 minutes and all of this is cool. This should have been the whole movie. But I look at the majority of the franchise and I'm just like, most of it's boring. It's not yeah. interesting. Even though I only gave the movie a 4.5 when I watched it, uh, the first movie. Uh, when I watched it for the podcast, when I first saw it, it, I thought it was original and well done because no one had done a found footage film of a haunting like this before, which I felt was like very real. Like I've seen people's real ghost investigation like footage of their houses where it is boring as all fuck until something happens. So yeah, I appreciated it. I liked it when I first saw it. It doesn't hold up upon multiple viewings or in today, I think, with everything else that we've seen. (laughs) 
other movies after watching them, it makes the first one look better to me as I'm now thinking about the rest of them. Yeah, that's fair. I, like, yeah, at least the first one was focused and it wasn't yeah. like yeah, Kane's being possessed by a demon. We don't know why, but it's been doing her all her life. And Mika's an asshole. The end. Like then things happen. There's no coven. There's no randomness. I don't even think the Deathly Hallow shows up in that one. It doesn't. No. Um, which I think is better. I don't. I hate the whole coven thing. And the whole coven thing is pointless. It is very. It's very not that pointless. I'm anti witchcraft or whatever. I just don't find witchcraft to generally be creepy. Maybe it's because I know a lot of witches. Like, and Wicca is not actually creepy. <laughs> And this one doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything besides all this, all the coven does is give indiscriminate, not indiscriminate, nondescript uh, random ladies to show up and do things. And they don't even really do things. They just stand in black and like walk slowly. And look creepy. And that's it. That's really, that's the only point of coven. Besides when they get shotgun blasted in the chest in last movie. (laughs) That. And an army of them show up in part four for no reason. And it's never speak- never spoken of again. And they aren't even wearing black in that one. No, there's like, just a thousand of them. Somehow. Yeah, wearing a Deathly Hallows symbol around their neck. Yeah, so no. Oh, <laughs> Lord. That's another thing. They ripped off the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> Negative points for that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so what I rate the series 40-ish percent. No, I think I would rate it lower. I'm not sure if I would go down to 20%. No, I'll probably go 30. I'll probably, like, I'm at 35. I'll probably go to the, the, Why wouldn't I be a three here too? Yes. Yeah, so well. yeah I, w- I would stick in the 30 realm as well. And with the outlier being the third movie being yeah. a really decent movie. I really, I, I enjoyed it. I've seen it three times now. I enjoyed it each time that I watched it. But oh, well, you know what, Jeff? Yep. The series is over. We're done uh, with yes. this. We Thanks never have it. to watch it again. Uh, I'm going to flip the page and we'll move right on to the next thing. Which is what we do in the shadows. Yes. Which, okay, I've already watched both seasons of the TV show and the movie. um, And I absolutely love the TV show. I think it is so hilarious. If you haven't seen the TV show yet, it does do some of the same things as the movie. um, Some of the same jokes, but I think that they perfected it. And it's so much better in the show. Also, it's filmed in my hometown of Toronto, and it has my friend from The Magician, Harvey. I'm just, oh, oh, so good. I can't wait to watch it. We're going to be watching season one. Um, For now, if people like it, if people want us to cover season two, maybe we can cover that later down the line. Yes. And then let us know what you think our vampire franchise is going to be. Is it Twilight? Have I I been trying to trick you? And really it is Twilight? (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. And this one's a little bit of a curveball when we go through the franchise. That's the only hint I'll give you. Remember, our rules are it has to have at least three movies. And this one does technically have at least three movies. Technically four, right? I don't want to give exactly how many, but yes, exactly four. But technically, it is more than three. We're giving hints. We're giving hints, yes. So exactly four. But um, yeah, so that's... So let us know if you think of what it is. If yeah. it comes to mind. And where you can let us know, you can contact us and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Series of Horrors Podcast. Or if you'd rather just let us know via email because, you know, you don't want to make it all publicly known in case you want to be shamed for being incorrect. You can just always... You don't want bragging email. rights if you're right. Yes, you don't. Just like, you, you're very humble. And just say, you know, I just know I'm right. I don't need to show it off to the world. You could always <laughs> uh, send us a little note at Series of Horrors at Gmail email.com also through there anything you want to tell us you know movie suggestion what we're doing right what we're doing wrong things we should, you know whatever things you want might want to see us try you know we're, we're open for anything and also if you can we're doing pretty good right now with the podcast so yeah thank you guys you guys are 
would be really amazing. Just ask you to please keep it up. You know, tell a friend to tell a friend to have a listen. If you think you like, if you think they'll like it, just let us, let them know about us. You know, and please rate and review us on whatever you listen to us on. Listen to us on. You know, get the name out there. Get these. These franchises that probably don't get the entire deep dive process done to them, we could do to them. Because everybody will do like the first movie or the second movie and then things die down. But hey, we are, we're here for the long haul. You get to see us from beginning to end. Yeah, we are committed even when we fucking hate it. <laughs> yes, no matter what it is. Because this one, boy, I would have jumped ship. I think we... Honestly, I don't think I would have made it to the third one. We both would have jump ship i feel like i would have forced us till the third one and then been like okay we can just we can abandon ship this is not going like i thought it would but also let us know if you have differing opinions if you love these movies please too let us know what you love about them maybe you can talk jeff into raising his score to a five just like i talked him into raising it to a four who knows yeah please if you see something we don't see or if you're like yelling at your car or at your headphones or whatever like I can't believe these guys because of this is amazing because of something that I can't imagine. Let us know. Yeah, I I mean, we were discussing another day about how we're both broken and nothing scares us anymore. So if you're not broken, let us know what scares you. Yeah, because I've been with some of the other podcasts we listen to is just like this movie's so scary. I can't believe it. I'm like, really? What? What was scary about this movie? Nothing at all. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we're just dead inside. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we're just broken. Oh well. Well, figure it out with us. Join us again next week. Can't wait. Have fun. See you next week. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye.